warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode Leftovers. You're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. But if I'm being honest, this show creeps me the fuck out. I toss it. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. Jake, I don't know. what What's going on, buddy? Not much, not much. Excited to... Yeah, about the uh, good pop, bad pop, and news with you. Are you really excited? Because like before we were recording, man, I just, I, you know what, the energy level from you this week. I want you, Jake. I want you to come in nasty. All right. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll work for that. I'm on my second I, cup of coffee. Usually by cup five, I can get pretty nasty. Oh man, just nasty. That I, that's been my dream. That's been my dream since we started this one. That I wouldn't even have to like prompt you to be nasty. You would get on the recording and be like Brian. I've got to get nasty. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's a lot to live up to. Now I'm nervous. No, no. Oh, fuck. No, get nasty. (laughs) I I just, I I just don't see that in you ever, like ever, ever jumping on an episode and being like, Brian, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get nasty this one. Fuck yeah, with the capital Asty. But I, yeah, I would like that. I, I want you to get like, I want you to feel like, like a fucking like wrestler doing a promo. Get nasty. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of earned my shock value at this point if I do get nasty. Yeah. Be like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> oh my god. A, a heel turn. Or I don't know. I don't, is that, is that something, Jake? Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You should have just kept going. No yeah. one would have noticed. I know. No more baby face. Jake, we got a heel turn! <laughs> yeah. oh, shit. We hey, we're not alone this week, Jake. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking like me and you, what we got going on right now. Well, we can keep that up for hours, dude. Like I'm serious. This energy level, woo, <laughs> through, through the goddamn roof right now, son. I agree. I agree. Yeah. We're ready to run the marathon. I don't know. I, I, if you're a new listener, it was nice knowing you. Um, Rebecca, Adios. Rebecca, welcome. Thanks for having me. Although, like, 
I don't know. I feel like I'm intruding on this like epic bromance you guys have going on right now. Uh, <laughs> <I> <laughs> and just like that, it was over. Jake, do I have to call you Miss Jackson now since you're nasty? Uh, I, I will. That's fine. I'll go by okay, that. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. I'll just call you Miss Jackson from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I will answer to that name just for you. Okay. Th- oh, you're the best. <laughs> How you been, Rebecca? I've been pretty good. It's hot as balls here in New York, but yeah. but all right. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! Finally, the temperatures finally dropped here. So eighties, somewhere in the eighties. Yeah, it's been a pretty mild summer in my opinion for this area. That's just oh. been all this fucking rain. No, we've been like ninety plus a bunch of days and lots of humidity and not not good, <laughs> not good, and no. Uh, no way to really like uh, cool off too much, you know. Beaches and pools and stuff are not always uh, accessible these days, so not uh, not great, not the best. Yeah, I, you know, if you're gonna go to the pool, wear your mask. Wear yeah. your mask in the pool. Yeah, you should. Yeah, <laughs> let it get all full with water and just wear your mask in the pool. Wear your mask in the pool, everyone. That is that is protocol right now. Wear your mask in the pool. It's, just wear like a whole hazmat suit in the pool. That's what I said. I wear, you know, you know that, you know that, uh, Charlie Day, that, that fucking, the, the, what was that green man outfit that he wears or whatever the fuck? Just wear uh-huh. that. <laughs> just wear like a full body suit covering your head, everything. Look like you're fucking doing a green screen thing or something. Yeah, agreed. That's the yeah, best. Better, better safe than sorry. Yeah, I mean, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Get man. real educational this episode. Did, uh, That's yeah, right. Uh, PSA is here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you did you did you see that someone is randomly dropping off mashed potatoes in this small town in Mississippi? What? No. no. To what extent? <laughs> Listen to this shit. Listen to this shit. This is uh, this is from the National Post. Mississippi City terrorized by randomly placed bowls of mashed potatoes. Bell, Bellhaven locals have no idea who is stuffing the starchy sludge around the neighborhood. Randomly placed bowls of mashed potatoes are terrorizing residents in a Jackson, Mississippi neighborhood after several locals found bowls of the white coop nestled in mailboxes and cars. Bellhaven locals have no idea who is stuffing the starchy sludge around the local neighborhood, but one resident theorized it could be a prank by alumni from a local school. As I walked out of my door, my neighbor said, what is that on your mailbox? And I said, uh, it looks like a bowl of mashed potatoes. I, ha- I have no idea what this is. <laughs> Michaela Lynn told the local news station WLBT, thankfully she told me that her friend on Facebook found a bowl in his car this morning. So then I thought, oh, this is happening a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, then it clicked for Lynn. Other mashed potato victims were either current or former students at the neighborhood school. I, I feel like there has to be a connection there, Lynn said. Um, so, yeah, this neighborhood, I guess uh, this one lady had uh, mashed potatoes sitting out. And I guess it had rained, and she figured out it was mashed potatoes, and then she threw it out. But they're just, like, leaving mashed potatoes on the mailboxes and uh, doorsteps and shit like that in, in Mississippi. This is a thing. At least it sounds like they're putting it in a bowl. Uh, Yeah. Are you really being terrorized, though? I mean, 
are the mashed potatoes sentient and trying to eat the person? Like, I, think I don't think it's so. It's a very sensationalized headline. <laughs> it is. Terrorized by mashed potatoes. Oh, man. Uh, starchy sludge. I know, the starchy sludge. The, the, the white goop. Like, what? <laughs> they came up with a lot of, like, really interesting ways to describe mashed potatoes. <laughs> Oh my god. Were they good though? That's the question. Did anybody try them? No, they're worried about them being poisoned. Oh, that's true. Oh man, I do love mashed potatoes though. I'd probably try it. I don't know. Are yeah. They, are they, in, are they instant or are they actual real potatoes? What do you think? I'm gonna go with instant. Ugh, no, correct. no, I take it back. If you are gonna be if you are clever enough to figure out how to put the bowl in somebody's car, you've gone the extra step to make real mashed potatoes. I call this mashed potato terrorist an artisan. He, This person is making fresh mashed potatoes with real potatoes. Real potatoes. Not the instant shit. Not the flakes. Right? Yeah, I agree. If you're going to do this kind of terrorism, you're going to go all the way. Is the local school Spuds University... I'm just curious. Uh, Rebecca, that would explain I, a lot. I, we, I was having fun with this until you said that. I, oh, I, I really was. On. No, no. There's always somebody that takes it a little too far. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm so sorry to terrorize you with my mashed potatoes joke. Uh, <laughs> Spuds, Spuds University. It's either, it's either a university about mashed potatoes or that fucking dog from those. What was it? Was it Michelob? Was it, was it Michelob? Who was Spuds oh, McKenzie? Spuds McKenzie. Yeah, Spuds McKenzie. Wasn't it Bud? Bud Light or something? Was it shit? Bud Light? I don't. Yeah, it might have been Bud Light. I have no idea. Fuck! I'm googling. Ah, yeah, please, yeah. please do. Uh, terrorized by mashed potatoes. Bud Light. Yes. You see, uh, Bud Light. Did you see? Did you see uh, David <laughs> Blaine's new thing he's doing? No, I saw the the headline that he's coming back and doing another trick. Oh, uh, is it really a trick though? Rebecca, this might drive you fucking mad. Listen to this. This, I want to get your thoughts on this, Rebecca. This is another man performing a stunt and yet he's not a stunt man. And I know how this, (laughs) I know how this infuriates you. I, this just drives you up a fucking wall. You, you, you have to be a stunt man to pull off a stunt. What he is, what he's doing, David Blaine, Famed magician, famed magician David Blaine. Uh, he is going to be doing. I think it's August thirty first, weather permitting. He's going to be uh, helium balloons. They're going to put. They're going to. They're going to make these huge balloons, fill them with helium. They're going to like strap it onto his body somehow, and he's going to fucking fly over the Hudson River from like New Jersey to New York or some shit. Interesting. It's not, it's not, it's, but is it magic? Is it magic? No, it's not magic. That's not science. At all. Oh my God. Rebecca, <laughs> this has to set you off. He is not a stunt man. This is, he's clearly performing a stunt. This is like, this is like evil Knievel doing your taxes. Like that, you know what I mean? This has got to drive you crazy. It would probably be more crazy if the guy who did my taxes was trying to do a stunt. I would actually be worried about that. Yeah, what's the point of even having a union if just anyone could fucking do that? That's us? right, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're got, this is a real fucking thing. I guess like it's going to be on YouTube, and uh-huh. uh, you can watch it for free on August thirty first, weather permitting. <laughs> it's called David Blaine Ascension. How is that magic 
though? That's so stupid. He, it's, it's, How is that magic? I don't know. Like, he hasn't been doing magic lately, it seems. Like, do you remember the one where he, like, stood on top of a, like, this pillar that was, like, a foot in circumference and he stood on it for, like, a long time? And then he did another one where he fucking, he failed. He was supposed to, like, sit, like, be encased in ice for, like, 72 hours. Oh, and yeah, yeah. He fucking tapped out like a puss. You know, <laughs> they're more like endurance challenges than any semblance yes. of a magic trick. Yeah, like if he's saying that it's he can magically withstand, you know, uh, or like like tests of his strength or whatever. That's total bullshit because people can train themselves to do all kinds of stuff, and that's not magic. That's just hard work and science and, and fitness. <laughs> he did do this fucking weird thing where he was swallowing shit. And then spitting it up, it was fucking, I can't remember what it was that he was swallowing, but he could like swallow all this different shit and then pull it up in like any order he wanted to. It was fucking weird. That's kind of gross. Yeah, it is a bit gross. Yeah. I don't know. I I still think, I'm fascinated by the dude. I think he's weird and his personality is dry as fuck, but I think that's just part of like, you know, the character. I guess he's playing a character when he does this magic. But he's oh, very, I'm sure. he's yeah. very I mean, monotone. It's, it's, like, it's like performance art. Yeah, but he's very monotone and he, he acts like nothing he does is exciting. Yeah, it's like the most exciting shit I've ever seen, some of it. You know what I mean? Like he's doing like some of the most amazing magic tricks that I've ever fucking seen, yet he's like not blown away by it at all. It's just like, it's, oh my God. It, yeah, it's like someone doing your taxes. That's his delivery <laughs> when he fucking <laughs> does his magic tricks. Like he'll rip the head off a fucking chicken. And then put it right back on and act like it was nothing. Right. And then turn around and tell you how you can, you know, take advantage of the 1090, you know, tax code. Exactly. Oh, Oh, you're you're eligible for a tax break. Yeah. Oh, man. Fucking, fucking. Go recommend the 1040 easy for you. There you go. Now, but can, but can he terrorize people with mashed potatoes? That's what I would like to know. Maybe he's the guy. Who's leaving the mashed potatoes in people's homes in Mississippi? Rebecca, you uh, uh? are definitely not a detective. That is the worst, worst. <laughs> I am not. That is the worst sleuthing <laughs> I have ever heard in my entire life. I, I you, you, sh- you should be ashamed. <laughs> mm. Nancy Drew is giving you both middle fingers right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, she probably is. She I probably did read a lot of Nancy Drew growing up, but I, clearly it did not have any effect on me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, let's move into our one iTunes review. It's time for iTunes reviews. It's one star Our only iTunes review this week comes from Joey underscore Shapiro one, and it's titled, This Podcast is Spectacular and Glorious. Both? Wow. Wow. Spectacular and glorious. Spectacular and glorious. I mean, I think normally you just use one of those, but he opted to use both here. I mean, if, if, can we look at the definitions between the both of them? 
You know what I mean? I've never pulled up the definitions for either of them. But that, that basically anything that's under spectacular, we're that, and then glorious, we're that too. So we're all those things, all those wonderful fucking things. I, right. I like it. I can buy it. I mean, he could have thrown some more shit in there too, Jake. Wonderful. I would have taken that too. Spectacular and glorious and wonderful and fantastic. Stupendous. Stupendous. All, all the, all the fucking things that that spider said about that goddamn pig. All those things. Phantasmagorical. <laughs> yeah, what? Wow. Yeah. Settle uh, uh? <laughs> Oh, God. Jake, it was a bad idea having Rebecca on. You oh, know? I agree. So far, every topic has been taken too far by Rebecca. I know, oh, I know, I know. I know. We're keeping everything kind of like, you know what I mean? Like, Kind of fun, kind of light, and then all of a sudden she comes in. She comes in really hot with some bullshit, man. I don't know. Yeah, you know? <laughs> fuck these raids. Here comes Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, man. She just she just, you podcast with reckless abandon. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> God, all the trouble we we do to set up these boundaries and. Rebecca just busts through like the Kool-Aid. I know. She shows up like she's fucking Michael Bay on cocaine on the set of Transformers. (laughs) (laughs) More lens flares! (laughs) (laughs) All right, Brian, get that ass on that motorcycle. Oh, my God. Yeah, we got to film that scene where Megan Fox bends over again in front of the hood of that car. No, no. More sweat. She has to be really sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) I'd spray him down. (laughs) Uh, back, back, Back to Joey Shapiro. Uh, <laughs> hello, Brian and Jake. I'm a listener from Tucson, Arizona, and I want to say this is my favorite podcast. You guys are great and never fail to make me smile. Stay safe during the apocalypse because we need you guys. And I hope Ken Dog's mom doesn't get COVID. With love, <laughs> Joey Shapiro. Wow, Ken Dog's mom, deep cut. Yeah, making another appearance here, Ken, Ken Dog's, Dog's mom. mom. That was a nice review. I thought that was a very nice review. You were on the Ken Dog episode, weren't you, Rebecca? I think I was. I think I may have been. Yeah, yeah. that's. I think I was. <laughs> Who knows anymore, right? Ken Dog. <laughs> Ken Dog, get in the house. That's what I remember. Ken Dog. Get out, Ken Dog. <laughs> that's about all I remember as well. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought we'd go down this road. Again. <laughs> Ah, so no, thank you for the iTunes review. I'm glad that we had one. One. <laughs> yeah, better than nothing. At least we got an excuse to play the bumper. Exactly, exactly. Uh, guys, yeah, um, I want to announce something. This month we are running a new contest and it's for one of my favorite movies that we've seen this year. Uh, Jake, we reviewed this one on a previous episode. Uh, The King of Staten Island. Oh yeah, this was easily one of my favorite movies of the year. I'm, it probably will make a showing at the Tupperwares this year. Uh, director Judd Apatow and, uh, Saturday Night Live's Pete Davidson's critically acclaimed heartfelt comedy is now available to own on digital and on Blu-ray and DVD August 25th. Uh, the Blu-ray and DVD feature two hours of hilarious never before seen bonus content, including alternate endings, deleted scenes, and a gag reel. The film is inspired by Pete Davidson's own true live story. And uh, Jake, Rolling Stones calls it an emotional and comic knockout. Yeah, well-deserved. Well-deserved praise from Rolling Stone. Do you think – did you think – did Rolling Stone – did they have to pay the band Rolling Stones in order to call that magazine Rolling Stone? That's a good question. Are they getting – 
like residuals from that? I don't know. You think maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Like, but it was Rolling Stone a thing before the Rolling Stones or Rolling Stone? Cause. Oh, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe Mick Jagger is paying the magazine. I don't know, man. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. This is a chicken and egg thing, right? And then like George yeah. Michael, he let us all know that Papa was a Rolling Stone. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Hook sang about being on the cover of the Rolling Stone. There you go. I don't know what we're talking about right now. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> this episode is a Rolling Stone to nowhere. Um, well, the, the first issue came out in 1967. Ooh. When did the Rolling Stones form? 1962. Oh, oh, so they shit. must have came first. I wonder if there were royalties involved in that. That's weird. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know the history of the name of the magazine, like if they are indeed named after the band. I mean, you would it's think a, they it, were. I mean, it's a music magazine. It's a rock band too, right? Yeah. And I mean, that the magazine was, when it first started, it was all, it was rock music, right? Yeah, I don't think they covered every genre at first like they do currently. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, well, according to Wikipedia, uh, the name of Rolling Stone magazine comes from the old thing, a Rolling Stone gathers no moss, and Muddy Waters used that name for a song he wrote, and so the Rolling Stones, the Rolling Stones took their name from that, uh, but apparently the Rolling Stone magazine is based on that expression, that a Rolling Stone gathers no moss. Wow, that answer was way more boring than I ever would have Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Oh, I can't. Again, uh, again yeah. it came from Rebecca, yeah, uh, everybody. I'm, I'm just disappointing on every turn here. <laughs> if the listeners are keeping score, I'm kidding. Oh, I know. <laughs> Believe me. No, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm super excited about this contest. I'm su- I loved this movie and uh, being able to own it. And it's one of those things where, like, you can own stuff digitally and that's great. And But to own it physically – I, 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 to own this movie physically, I think is great because it doesn't happen all the time, but every once in a while you can lose the, the, the digital movies. That's what I'm worried about, Jake, is like our digital movies going away. Like you spend all this yeah. money on digital and then like something happens with a studio getting bought or whatever, like Disney buys something. It's always nice to have that physical copy, that copy because you know you own it. No, I agree with that. It's, to, for me, it's not the worry of it going away. It's the, like, the, the cancel culture of it all. Like, oh, now there's this one scene that 10 years later is very taboo. Yeah. So you get to keep your digital copy, but we're going to alter it and make it so you can't watch that scene anymore. Where you get the physical copy, no matter what happens, it's going to be the movie as you remember it with every scene intact. Like we've seen that happen so much in the yeah. last five years. And we hope, we pray that Judd Apatow doesn't feel like he has to go George Lucas on us and change, change anything in this movie. <laughs> He's going to update what the uh, character's tattoos look like yeah, in about yeah. 15 years. I'm going to make it so that Pete Davidson doesn't blink the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put Pete Davidson behind this rock during the middle of the movie. Right. But this movie, it's fantastic. I, Jake, I loved this movie so much. It's all, it also stars Marissa Tomei, uh, Bill Burr, uh, Belle Powley, um, Maude Apatow, Steve Buscemi. It's a fantastic movie. And I did say we're running a contest. You could win a free copy of The King of Staten Island on Blu-ray. All you need to do to be in the running to win is either retweet our The King of Staten Island tweet on Twitter, which I'll post as soon as this episode drops, or share it on Facebook. I'll have a tweet and a Facebook, and you can just share it. And then you'll need to screenshot it 
that you retweeted it and then email the screenshot to comments at popcultureleftovers.com with the subject, the king of Staten Island. This contest will run for one week starting on Sunday. And next week on the episode, I'll draw five names out of a bag and five people will win a free copy of the king of staten island this is limited to people in the usa sorry we can't ship internationally on this one. Oh, bummer 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 yeah i was hoping maybe we could have a contest where we have listeners send in their homemade tattoos they did on themselves <laughs> <laughs> we can vote for their best homemade tattoo I was going to do something like a little bit more creative, but I, I didn't think – who knows? Who knows the answer? I didn't know what answers we would get. I was going to ask people like if they could be the king of any island, what would it be? And like oh, to, send, yeah. to send me a submission of 50 words or less and it can be like fictional or real and just let me know what island – Jake, I'll ask you the question. What island, fictional or real, would you want uh, to be the king of? I think I want to be the king of Money Island. Money Island. Yeah, it's a fictional island, if you can't tell. <laughs> the money grows on trees. Rebecca, what island? I mean, it could it could be the island of misfit toys. It could be the Marvel Savage Lands. It could be it could be the Beach Boys Kokomo. It's a that's a fictional island. There's no there's no place called Kokomo. There is no place called Co- there's a Kokomo, Indiana, but I don't think that's what the guys were singing about. I really oh, they totally were. They were singing I've been about- there. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I went to their Hobby Lobby. It's fucking top notch. <laughs> yeah. Nothing says surf and sand like Indiana. <laughs> um, gosh, I so badly want to say Themyscira, but I don't think I'm qualified to be the queen of Themyscira. Um, I am going to go with then uh, Kokomo. I think that's that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be it's a fictional island. But if I'm the queen of it, I get to run it. So. And, and, there's penis on that island. Oh, great. That's awesome. There's no penis on Themyscira. You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, every, like, a hundred years or so, one might wash up on the beach. <laughs> That's, well, yeah, but, like, do, do I want to wait a hundred years in between, like, you know, a dick appointment? Probably not. Oh, my. <laughs> Are you saying that that Bobbit lady was able to throw that dick that far, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> I would be this is an island that I made up. I would be the king of Satin Island. It's an island oh. just made of satin and it's sexy. And I just oh, I just this island just making me yawn and tired. Dude, I yeah. Oh, it sounds so comfy. I just roll around on Satin Island naked all day. Just roll around I don't, on I don't it. Don't blame you. Yeah. Wait, now, I can, now I'm going to ask a question that in my head sounds funny, and you guys are probably going to shit on and go, oh, this is funny, Rebecca, you took it too far. But I'm going to ask it anyway. Yeah. Um, do you 24-7 play Knights in White Satin? That's like that's my question. Oh, Knights in White Satin. Yes, absolutely. That No, yes. finally, that was... Yes. I don't think I, so far, this is the one negative thing I've heard about Satin Island, in my opinion. <laughs> The 24-7 playing Knights in White Satin. <laughs> oh, yeah. How long before that makes you go completely insane? No, no, no. There's a point on that island where I say, Alexa, stop playing that fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably better than Kokomo 24-7. Oh, I, I would agree with that. And I'm the queen of Kokomo. And that's for <laughs> I don't even like my own song. <laughs> Jake, what was your – your choice is so boring. I forgot what the fuck it was. What was it? I know. <laughs> Kokomo. No, Jake's. 
Oh, oh Mo- Mo- Money Island. Oh. We have tons of songs. We have Pink Floyd. You know, we have. <laughs> We have Beatles. I mean, we have all the good songs in our island. Oh, man. When your fucking volcano goes off, it's like, dude, it's fucking amazing. It's like spitting fucking, it's like, it's like, it's raining. Yeah, it's like you hit triple sevens on yeah. the fucking it's awesome. slot oh, machine. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Money Island, boring name, but very exciting. Boring place. name, but very, yeah, huge payoff. <laughs> yes, the odds are with you. Oh man, fuck this episode, am I right? Uh, no. <laughs> but please, uh, send, send, uh, when you send the email to, to win the contest, make the subject, uh, the king of Staten Island. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 please enter and, uh, five winners will be chosen next week on the show. So there is that. I hope a lot of people that haven't seen this movie enter the contest. I don't think that if you haven't seen it, you can't enter. I mean, this is, a great way to see this movie for the first time is to win this contest. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, retweet or share on Facebook and a uh, copy could be yours. I, Jake, I think it's a fantastic movie. I loved it. I think, you know, I honestly, Pete Davidson, in my opinion, has had a great year. What was um, what was the other movie that he did that dropped on Hulu? Oh, I, I did not see that, but I've heard good things. Oh, I forget what it was called. It's fantastic. It's really good. Pete Davidson's had a great year. As far as like movies and entertainment, I think he's had a great 2020, even though 2020 sucks. Yeah, it was good for Pete Davidson. Mm-hmm. I completely agreed. Yeah, I, I'm excited for when this comes out on home release. Um, two hours of special features. I know there was a lot of ad libbing done in this movie. So I bet some of that, some of those deleted scenes and gag reels are probably pretty fucking hilarious. Oh God. Yeah. Bill Burr. I, you know, and I, I you know me, I'm a huge Bill Burr fan. So, yeah. Yeah, oh. great, great year for him too. Jeez. Oh God. F is for family back with a vengeance this season. Season four, fantastic. Oh, so good. So that, good. That's good. I know you were really down on season three. It was just, it just didn't, it felt like they were doing some stuff with the, with, with his character that they were trying to soften him a little bit and he came back with a vengeance this season. And it, you know, oh, so good. So good. You guys ready to move into good pop, bad pop? Oh, so ready. Yeah. All right. It's time for Good Pop, Bad Pop. It's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Oh, whew. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm doing this vape thing. I quit smoking three weeks ago. So, and I quit smoking all the time. I, it's one of those things. It's, it's a terrible thing. Bad habit bad habit. I quit three weeks ago and I'm not trying to brag here and I don't need congrats and all that shit. I'll probably start up again. But I quit three weeks ago and during that good pop, bad pop bumper, I took a, I, t- I, I used this fucking, uh, this, I got the blue SIG with the cartridges, Jake. I got the, the menthol one and okay. I, I, try, I tried talking after I took a big inhale of this shit and a, a cloud came out of my mouth and I sounded stupid. You said, I would have never known if you wouldn't, wouldn't have said Fuck, man. I could have gotten away with it. Yeah. Yeah. You could have easily gotten away with it. Oh, my gosh. I just, I, uh, Rebecca, could I have gotten away with that? 100%. You didn't sound any different to me. Oh, I felt like I did. <laughs> mm. No. You sounded more different in that one. No, no, no. no now, now I sound like I'm looking for attention because I quit smoking. Oh, oh, you quit smoking? You want some attention, Mr. Quit Smoking, Mr. Three Weeks Guy? That's what I sound like. I sound like I want a fucking, like, a pat on the back for quitting for three weeks. 
three fucking weeks. Give me a fucking break. That ain't nothing. <laughs> three, 21 days. Get over myself. Jesus. That's what, that's what I, I shouldn't even make the goddamn announcement. I shouldn't have even done it, Jake. Now it's out there. You weren't making an announcement so much as explaining why you thought yeah. it sounded fucked I, up. Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything. Because it's like, it's like one of those things that I'll probably start smoking again. And so it's like these three weeks mean jack and shit. You know? Oh. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to put yourself in that corner where <sighs> you pat yourself on the back over and over again for quitting. And yeah. then next episode, you're yeah. fucking hacking all over the place. No shit. And then, and then I get the messages like, well, good for you, man. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm rooting for you. You can do this. And then, and then I let you down. I let you down. I fucking turn back into the Marlboro man. I'm fucking, you know, I'm collecting my camel cash. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd get all kinds of fucking messages like that. Dude. Quitting smoking was one of the hardest things I ever did in my life. Keep yeah. it up, man. Keep it up, man. Yeah, I've been, uh, I haven't smoked in, uh, seven years, dude. Uh, I had my seven year anniversary back in April. <laughs> Bill, you know, I talk like this. Yep, this is my real voice. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like about 80% of our listeners right there. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Just stop. Just stop listening. I don't want that guy listening anymore. If, if that's your voice. Shit, there goes 80% of our listeners. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Leaving the other fucking 20% that left. <laughs> oh, I am, I, I have not quit drinking. I'm drinking, uh, this week, uh, in honor of the angry video game nerd for no specific reason. Uh, I'm drinking Rolling Rock. That's the drink that he yeah. always drinks on, on his shows. Also, in honor of Schnooks not having Stella this week. So, that, they, <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence. I, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I went to Schnooks and I was just like, I was like, okay, I went to Schnooks because like they, they have like every once in a while, I like the, the, there was this pizza. There was this pizza that I had and they carried it at this one grocery store and then the store stopped carrying it. But online it said Schnooks had it. So I went there and I was like, I'll kill two birds with one stone. I'll get my Stella and I'll, I'll try to find this fucking pizza. And I went there. They didn't have the pizza. Uh, and they didn't have Stella, so I just fucking bought Rolling Rock and went home. Great. Rolling Rock in a, in a Jax. <laughs> what? Rolling Rock in a what? In a Jax. In a Jax. It's the shittiest frozen pizza I could think of. Oh, Jack's frozen pizza. No, 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 no. No, I, I just bought a bunch of, like, I bought like a bunch of different types of pizza that I never tried before. I've been on like a, this weird, like, let's try different pizzas thing. It's, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> a frozen pizza connoisseur. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jake, somebody shoot me in the fucking head. I mean, what really. Was the, what was the kind you were looking for, if I may ask? It's, it's, uh, it's from a company called Outsiders Pizza. And Meyer Mart carried it. It was a, it was a cheese curd pizza. And they carried it for like two Ooh. weeks and it was fucking amazing. It had cheese curds on it and then you would bake it. It had an amazing crust and then you would bake it and the cheese curds would melt into the fucking pizza and it was incredible. They carried it for two fucking weeks and now it's nowhere to be found. It's like crack. They gave it to, they gave it to me. I got fucking hooked and now I can't find it fucking anywhere. Just like crack, I guess. I don't know. I guess that's like. <laughs> Shit, I didn't get my crack for free. What the fuck? <laughs> Supply and demand. You know? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Why you gotta treat, why you gotta treat pizza like a fucking Nintendo console? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? 
man, we got this new butchers a couple of weeks ago that has potato pieces on it, and I, that sounds super strange to me. Uh, I so got a buddy. Potato pizza. I, well, I've got. Hold on, I got a buddy who's um, he is uh, he can't eat gluten. Like it'll fucking kill him. So he's like totally everything's got to be gluten free. And so when he uh, back in the day before everything was gluten free, before it was like the new fucking trend. He would go to God, he would, yeah. he would have to call up Godfather's Pizza and they would do a hash brown pizza crust. But he'd have to call a day before and then they would make it for him. And he, he fucking swears by it, says it's a good fucking pizza. I eat the cauliflower pizzas. It's like fucking cauliflower. It's like the vegetable and they fucking oh, make yeah, it. Oh yeah, we sell a shit ton of those. Oh yeah. I, they're, they're actually pretty good. They're not bad. Like if you get the right one and you put enough hot sauce on them, they're not bad. Yeah, we just started selling like the crust, so you can buy the cauliflower yeah. crust and then just make your own damn pizza with I it. I bought a zucchini crust one time and made and and uh, and had that, and it was uh, I, I enjoyed it. It's pretty good. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that one yet. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, yo, how are you doing? Good, good. I'm trying to think of any vegetable-based pizzas I've eaten lately, and I have nothing to contribute to this part of the conversation. Oh, fine. What kind of pizzas did you eat for good pop, bad pop? Actually, our listeners are calling this segment bad pop, please stop, is what they're calling it. <laughs> I did have, actually, for the very first time, it's not pizza, but I did have, um, uh, I tried Chili's Southwest style egg rolls for the first time you guys ever tried those from from chilies no no I, i'm sorry but ever since you said it's not pizza i've had to like cover my mouth oh, and say it's di giorno <laughs> <laughs> i know it's not delivery it's di giorno uh, uh, are you talking about the, the frozen the frozen southwest fucking none, well they're not frozen i got them like from the restaurant like oh. I, I ordered them and, and like picked them up from a chilies yeah um they're fucking good. They are delicious. I'd never had them before. But uh, that's my only contribution to this food segment, and I think it <gasps> wasn't very good. Sorry. I, it was not, but um <laughs> I, I don't have a I don't have a frozen pizza story to tell you, I'm sorry. I finally found I finally found uh it was li- it's a limited time only that they're making it, and they only sell them at Walgreens. And it's the it's it's Pringles Sweet corn flavor. Oh, yeah, I've had them. Sounds good. Amazing. Yeah, I thought they were absolutely fucking delicious, too. It tasted, it, Jake, did it or did it not taste like sweet corn? Yeah, it tasted so good. But I, when I bought the sweet corn Pringles, I also bought the Baconator Pringles. Have you had these yet? That sounds fucked up. They are the most foul fucking potato <laughs> chip I've ever tasted. So it's it's the Baconator, which is that fucking burger from yeah the Wendy's burger, and they actually Wendy's. they had the yeah, Wendy's yeah. logo on it and everything. But they should have just called these ketchup chips because it's all you can fucking taste. And it just uh. tastes like crunchy fucking ketchup, and it was such a fucking difference going from the sweet corn, which were one of the best chips I've ever had. Doesn't it feel to, like these fast food oh. restaurants just want to kill us? <laughs> oh, yeah, especially KFC, right? KFC is like every fucking three months they're coming up with like what other kind of meat can they put in between two pieces of chicken? Yeah, no shit. That and <laughs> but but like when you literally call your fucking sandwich the Baconator, first off, the Terminator that can make the connection that Terminator tried to kill humans 
Now we've got a bacon sandwich trying to kill us. Like seriously, yeah, dude. Kill your heart. Yeah, no shit. It's they, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure if you went to your fucking doctor, uh, you know, and, and asked him, is it safe to eat the fucking? Is the cholesterol and all this shit safe for the baconator? I'm sure they're gonna give it a thumbs up. That, that oh, sandwich yeah, is out to kill you. Fuck no. Yeah, no shit. It's like, it's like, it's like on the box of like, on a bag of salad, it should say, come with me if you want to live. I swear. Cause it's, re- <laughs> I, uh, oh my God. What's your favorite salad dressing? Like who makes the best salad dressing? Oh, we're going to get bit to good pop, bad pop. Just oh, chill the fuck humans. up. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my God. Humans I fuck. Yes. Fight me. Anybody on the internet. It is the best salad dressing. It's the it best. It's the delicious. best. You can say Ken's. You can say Ken's, but I 100% think it's, it's Newman's own. I fucking Ken's love Newman. Close second. Yeah. But if you want to go for the best, you get Newman's own, whatever your particular flavor is. Yeah. I personally enjoy the blue cheese dressing because it has huge chunks of blue cheese, which I happen to enjoy. It is so good. I get, I get the vinegar and oil. Ugh. And then I get the Italian. Oh, it's so good. I love yeah, the fucking. Italian's my favorite by far. Oh, I love Newman's. Newman's, it's my favorite. I got, I got fucking, I got like two or three bottles in my fucking cupboard right now. Oh, it's the best. It really is. So it's good. And they're in my cupboard because I haven't opened them yet. They don't need to be refrigerated yet. So chill the fuck out, people. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't just don't, st- I just don't stick salad dressing in my, in my cupboard. <laughs> uh, good, hey, good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. Oh my god. Rebecca, are you, did, did, did you watch Umbrella Academy? I have not started season two yet. Oh my god. I know, I know, I'm behind. I haven't started season two yet. Oh, okay. But I've heard nothing but good things. So I had, I'm, yeah. I'm I had excited. to go back and do a season one rewatch and I, I sure. finished it at the beginning of this week on Monday. And uh, by Monday night, I had started episode one. By the end of this week, I had finished season two. Uh, excuse me. I had watched the first episode of season two on Monday. And then by the end of this week, I finished season two. Holy shit. I, good. I loved it. I loved it so much. It is fantastic. Ama- Rebecca, please start this one. And I, think, I will. I will. I will. And I think like now with the boys coming out next month. I'm going to do a boys season one rewatch. I'm going to do it before <laughs> season two launches. That way I can just jump right into season two because I felt like, you know, like Umbrella Academy season two has been out for two weeks now and you've got all these discussions out there. People talking about Umbrella Academy season two. And, you know, I, I felt like I felt like is this what is this one of those shows that I'm going to let go by the wayside but I really feel felt like I needed to rewatch season 1 and I'm so glad that I did like when we went to C2E2 and they had the Umbrella Academy panel you know I'm you know we're listening to them talk about it we've got you know people up there for the Q&A asking questions and I felt like I had forgotten so much about this show 
Uh-huh. And um, I will say that season two is phenomenal. Um, I think I, uh, the standouts this season were the actor that played five. I think that that kid is fucking amazing. And uh, Robert Sheehan was just fucking incredible in this whole season. I think everybody did a great job. I really loved it. They are... Uh, you know how the show deals with time travel. They're back in the 60s, and it is the whole season they're in the 60s, and it is tremendous. It is tremendous. I absolutely love this show. The way that it left off and the way that it finished, it really has me looking forward to season three. I cannot wait for season three. This is a Tupperware. Like, if there was a, if there was a rating, even, it's, here's the thing. Here's the thing with this show. If if I start a show and I started I started season two and I watched episode one, and then the next day I watched more, and then all day at work I'm like planning out my evening, like how many episodes can I get in? How many episodes can I fit in before I go to bed? Like I I was thinking about the show all day, and uh, that's that's a sign of a great show when you just cannot when you can't stop thinking about it and you can't wait to get back to it. It was it's so good. The highest of Tupperwares. Umbrella Academy season two. Rebecca, you awesome. if you feel like you need to rewatch season one, I would do it. It's definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then jump into season two. It is incredible. Every character has their own kind of like different storyline that they're going through. You know, you've got um, Luther who's dealing with daddy issues. Um, you've got Allison who basically is a part of the civil rights movement that's happening in the 60s. Um, you've got, um, um, oh, what's, 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 it? Vanya. Vanya this season is, is, um, is really kind of like figuring out who she is and kind of has like a huge awakening this season. Mm. Um, oh my God. I, tremendous, tremendous, tremendous season. And I, I love Diego this season too. Oh, so God. Umbrella Academy season two. If you are not watching this, it's on Netflix. You need to start it. You need to start it. It is so fucking good. I think what happened last year was like the Umbrella Academy came out, blew me the fuck away, and then the boys came out. And then I was just like, I think like everybody just kind of like forgot about the Umbrella Academy. But man, it came back with a fucking vengeance. It really mm. did. So good. Yeah, I think you have a, I think, uh, I think you're right on that because we were like on this high from the Umbrella Academy and then you watch the boys and you're like, oh my God, this is so amazing. And then, yeah, they kind of came out around the same time, which is happening again. Like they're now season two is coming out around the same time. Yeah. So yeah, and you're right. I, I got to jump on this before the boys come out because I want to rewatch season one of that too. Yeah. Do not sleep on Umbrella Academy season two, people. Do not sleep on it. And I will never forget how good it is. I don't, I know the boy season two is probably going to be amazing. Did you see, who did they cast? They, they cast that Ashmore kid. He's in it. The, the Iceman, Sean Ashmore. He's got a brother, like a twin brother, right? There's two of them. There's two Ashmores. Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't know that that was the yeah, case. Yeah, there's two Ashmores. They cast Are one they of both them. actors? Yeah. Yeah, they're both actors. They're both, like, uh, one was in, uh, like a sci-fi series that, that came out most recently. But yeah, there's the, I think they're twins. Kind of like, you know, Jeremy and, was it Jeremy London and his other fucking brother? Yeah, they are twins. You're absolutely right. Aaron Richard Ashmore is the other one. Yeah. Yeah, and they're both actors. 
Yeah, that's fine. Um, hey, uh, watched uh, watched uh, the new Apple TV series Ted Lasso. Ted Le- Ted Lasso, um, small time football coach Ted Lasso was hired to coach a professional soccer team in England, despite having no experience coaching soccer. Ted Lasso is a sports comedy series developed by Bill Lawrence. Jason Sudeikis, Joe Kelly, and Brandon Hunt, and is a continuation of the character Sudeikis portrayed in a series of promos for NBC Sports coverage of the Premier League. I had no idea that that was a thing. Yeah, when they kind of mentioned that in the opening credits that that it's based off this NBC thing, and I had to Google it myself. Like, at first I thought they were telling me it was based off of, like, a true story and, like, true people that maybe worked for the network. And then I, I saw that it was based off of commercials, and I was like, okay, then. <laughs> yeah. Rebecca, did you see any of this? I did. I watched the first episode. I watched uh, the first <laughs> – they dropped three episodes, and I watched the first three. Jake, how many did you did you see? I just watched the first episode. Okay. Okay. I, I watched the first three episodes. This one stars Jason Sudeikis as – Ted Lasso, uh, Stephen Manis as uh, Richard Montlar, Colin Blythe, Phil Dunster. Oh, my God. Who, who are some other big standouts in this one? Oh, Brendan Hunt plays Coach Beard. Uh, Jeremy Swift plays Higgins. Nick Muhammad plays Nathan. Um, what did you guys think of Ted Lasso? I'll start with you, Rebecca. What did you think about this? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that this was based off of commercials. I had never seen any of the commercials myself. Um, I didn't realize that that's who this character was based on. Um, I found this to be a very charming and very funny pilot. Um, you know, I usually like Jason Sudeikis' comedy. I think he's he's pretty funny. Um, uh, this this to me does not disappoint. I thought the jokes were spot on. I thought the humor was great. I thought a lot of it was very um, the humor to me was very organic, um, but it had enough drama and enough sort of serious tones to balance out the humor that was in there. Um, I really liked it a whole lot. I mean, I don't really. Um, I'm interested to see more of it. I just didn't have time to watch more of it. Um, I would, I would give the first episode a high taste. It. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and um, it wasn't too long. Like I thought, the the time that it ran was just right. Um, I do like that the his partner or his his like co coach is Coach Beard, and like I couldn't figure out if that was like. Because he had a beard, or that was just his name, and he happened to have a beard. I thought it was just a very clever name, though. Either way, so um, yeah, I liked it a whole lot. Yeah, so like, okay, here I guess like this is the story. You've got a guy who is like he was like like a football coach in America. Yeah, like 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 for college football. Yeah, and like the team loved him. He's kind, he's just super nice. He's a super nice guy, and you find out in the first episode, I guess like. Um, the team has taken new ownership and it was the wife of the, I guess she was married to the owner and he was, I guess it's, it's, it's public now they're getting divorced and he was cheating on her with multiple women. There's articles coming out in the news all the time about how like this wealthy guy was cheating on his wife and 
a little bit of spoilers here. It really burns her up and he loved this team so much. And now that she's taken over ownership, she wants to kind of like destroy this team in front of him to get back at him. So she hires who she thinks is going to be the worst coach for the team, a guy that has no previous experience uh, with soccer at all. And so uh, that is Jason Sudeikis as Ted Lasso. And I mean, in the first episode, you see him talking with the media and they kind of like they torch him and fans are really upset that they like that of this hire and uh, the players are not excited about this hire at all. Um, I, I enjoyed the first episode. I'll give the first episode a taste it. I think it really wasn't until like the second and third episode. Because he was so nice that it was kind of like off-putting. I couldn't, it, I the, the character, I couldn't relate to this character because he was just so, so like <laughs> Mr. Rogers genuinely, genuinely nice. I couldn't relate to him. And it took me till the second episode for me to accept that this guy is like, this is, this is real. Like he's not putting on an act. Like he's just a super nice guy that honestly just just cares about everybody that he comes into contact with no matter if it's people that you know like um he meets kind of like almost like uh, the equipment manager or whatever this guy is this guy nathan um played by uh, nick muhammad and um i mean values this guy's opinion and, and and stuff like that and everybody he comes into contact to he tries to honestly build like a relationship with them and the entire time that i'm watching this like he he's a family man he's he's married he has a child and i'm wondering like he's moved from kansas across the pond in england away from his wife and child and i was wondering like why 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 did he why did he leave his family behind you find out in the first episode a little bit more spoilers just for the first episode that him and his wife are separated and you we don't know why we don't know why and um i uh i'll give the second and third episodes tupperwares i loved it i thought i'm hooked on this show i it showed four episodes on apple tv and so i thought i could immediately go into the fourth episode which i was really looking forward to and that was not going to air until the 21st and i was kind of like let down that i could not watch any more of this but i i i blazed through the first three episodes um really really enjoyed this one and some of the people on the team you've got this guy Jamie who's kind of like the new he's kind I don't know he's like he's like the most talented soccer player on the team he's kind of like a superstar but very selfish he's like he's not about the team he's very about himself and his image and and stuff like that and he's not getting along with Ted Lasso but then you have like the older veteran guy on the team uh who who Ted Lasso is trying to kind of like bring on to his side and, and bring the team together. Um, I love a great underdog. You guys know I love an underdog story. And this is this is truly oh, yeah. an, an underdog story, but with like a little bit of comedy involved too, because it's, 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 it, of course it's, you know, Jason Sudeikis. So I, and he's trying to, and the new owner, he's trying to build a relationship with her and she is not having it. She does, does not want to uh, embrace this guy because she really wants to get back at her ex-husband who is cheating on her. I think it's a fun series and I'm really looking forward to more of this. I think Apple TV plus like for most of the programming that they're putting out there, 
Um, you know, as far as like, I, I really enjoyed Servant, uh, For All Mankind, um, uh, Little America. They, they've been putting out some quality content. And this is another show that has really sucked me in. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I Tupperware, the, the, the second and third episode, I think it's something that I'm going to continue watching. I could not wait for that fourth episode. Jake, what did you think about Ted Lasso? Oh yeah. I liked it quite a lot. It felt like a role that Jason Sudeikis was born to play without even seeing the commercials. Like it just, he really filled the shoes of this character. And I, I think it worked on an emotional level really well. Like you as an audience really kind of, it's hard to not like this guy and before you know the twist where the owner is, you know, actively rooting against him, it's it's really sad to find out that's going on. And it's really sad to find out what's going on with his his family. And you really kind of get emotionally invested in the character because he's just such a happy-go-lucky kind of goofball character. But, you know, he has all the right intentions. He's completely naive to the fact that anyone is actively working against his success. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see how this turns out. I mean, it definitely has a lot of tropes that you see in these kind of sports stories, you know, where it's the coach and the ragtag team that doesn't quite get along. It hasn't had any success in a really long time with some aging players and some new players that they just can't get that right chemistry. So I'm curious to see how it kind of breaks the mold of stories we've seen like that a hundred times before. But I, I have faith that it can. And I... I thought this was just really hilarious. Uh, Sudeikis was just so funny to me. I think my favorite joke of the whole thing was when he was uh, asked to name an actual professional football player. And he says the bend it like himself, dude. Yes, that yeah. was so funny. <laughs> that whole press conference to me was one of the funniest parts of the episode when he drinks the water like he chugs the water expecting just like regular water and it's like seltzer and he's like he just spits it out all over everybody like does it twice i thought the press conference was was really smart writing too like when Mm -hmm. you when you watch the episode you think oh well the owner just assumed he would be ready and knew that this would be the plan and that you know lasso is just a goofball and should have been getting prepared for this press conference but then when you get the reveal where the owner is actively working against his success, it kind of everything clicks into place. And you see that she kind of on purpose pushed him into this scenario to make the team that she's trying to destroy just look even more pathetic and bad. And so it's a character that I really found myself rooting for. Like I'm really invested in the success of Ted Lasso. And I thought mm. on that level, the show worked really well. The the yeah. one, the one, um, I'm sorry to cut you off, Rebecca. The one reporter that asked him, like, that asked him, like, the really hard hitting question in the interview. Um, yes. I think it's the second episode. He is tasked with writing an expose on Ted Lasso. And so he basically spends the whole day with Ted Lasso. And I won't spoil that. Dirt on him and shit. Yes. It, it is. It is fantastic. I think it's the second episode, which I found out that episode was directed by Zach Braff. And oh, well, that's cool. Well, it, it's crazy because he directed Zach Braff actually directed two episodes of Ted Lasso, and he 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 happened to be in Britain as the show had begun filming, and they found out he was there, and they invited him to direct, and he directed two episodes. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. 
But what were you going to say, Rebecca? I apologize. Uh- Oh no, I just wanted to make the point about Jason Sudeikis. He's, he's so good at playing like a genuine character. Like, even if he's doing something insane or just really silly or uh, so out there that you're like, who is this guy? He's genuine about it. Like, he believes in the thing that he's doing. Mm. And so, Jake, when you said that, like, this is a role that he was born to play, I completely agree with you on that. I think, you know, Ted Lasso is just genuinely this nice person, this, like, good guy who's just trying to be friendly to everybody. Like, he's asking everybody their name, you know, and, and he remembers their name. And and then, like, the whole story of how he takes it, the, the team that he coached in America, you know, it was, like, this, like, really crappy, you know, football program. And he, like, turned it around in one season and they won, like, you know, the big trophy at the end of the year. So, like, the – the thinking of this new boss hiring him to come over and te- or coach football as in soccer, like it, it's such a stretch, but he, he's so genuine that you just believe he's there to do a good job. And, and it's such, that's what actually to me makes the show so charming and makes him a very lovable character. I, yeah, I like that they didn't make him stupid either. I yes. think that's a real cop out when they make a character like this, just a, an idiot. And I think it works a lot better that they didn't kind of go the mm-hmm. Michael Scott office route and make One, him either oh an idiot or an asshole. You're so right on that. If they had done that, I think that would have taken away all the great stuff I really love about this show. And then, you know, but because he's so – he just believes in what he's doing so much that you can't help but just kind of, oh, I hope he makes it. Like you're just like hoping that he can do it and and all that. Yeah, I, I think I think the show is great. It's really fucking good. Oh, my God. Yeah. Please do yourself a favor. Watch episodes two and three. Uh they're fantastic. Like the show only gets better, in my opinion. Nice. Yeah, okay, cool. he's kind of got the air of like a high school principal, right? With the believe poster. And- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I do have to say, I think him and and the other actor who plays Coach Beard, I think they make a really great team. Like I love the scene where they get to the office and then like they like immediately like push their desks like face to face so they can work off each other. Um, you can see like, this is a team, this is a, a team, a, um, a partnership that these guys have worked together for a while now and they, they trust each other. And then it'll be interesting to see how that relationship develops, you know, and as they're now in this, you know, foreign setting. I think Jason Sudeikis with his character, having that mustache, the, uh, he's the only guy that can pull off that mustache that doesn't look like he should be on a sex offender registry. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great point. That's a great point. Not too many other actors can pull that stash off. I know. And he, he pulls it off. It's a fine (laughs) mustache. It's a, if Charlotte from Charlotte's web was writing a, she would write in the web. It's a fine mustache (laughs) about his mustache. (laughs) (laughs) I did not expect that metaphor, but I like it very much. Yeah, it's a fine mustache in the web. <laughs> and then she dies. And then she dies. But, but, and all of her, ba- all her, but all her babies are born. All her babies. In the mustache? Gross. In the mustache. They, they all come out of Ted Lasso's mustache, and one of them stays. And it's got a key. 
I don't think so. I'm not buying. I don't like this show anymore. <laughs> I like it, man. <laughs> Spoilers for Charlotte's Web here. Spider's eggs in this guy's mustache in episode three. I will not. Be it's happy. a reimagining. <laughs> it's a reimagining of Charlotte's Web. It's called Lasso Stash. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! You're gonna flame me for this, but can we please take a break? <laughs> uh, let's, let's take let's take a break. Why, why, why you need this break, dude? I'm on the third cup of coffee, and I am like literally doing a fucking Irish gym. Oh, dude, dude, dude! Like, let's go on break. Let's go on break. We'll go on break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Rebecca, yo, you have an announcement to make. I do have an announcement to make, and I'm not going <laughs> to let you make it. Oh, I yeah, yeah. It's you, just my jokes weren't good. <laughs> I know, I know. Had it <laughs> being punished. We, we kept a running tally. You needed a sixty percent or better to get your plug in. Man, oof, getting hard these days, though. <laughs> You remember, hey, you, you remember, you remember, remember Glade plugins? Do they still sell those fucking things? Yeah, plug it in. Plug it in, plug it in. Yeah, sure do. Oh my god. Can you imagine if butt plugs had the same fucking like theme song? Plug it in, <laughs> plug it in. <laughs> I think there would be a lot less taboo with that theme song. <laughs> they should make, they should make butt plugs. Like Glade should work out a deal with, with the plugins. Cause like asses stink. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I'm buying what you're selling. Dude, you're killing two birds with one stone. You're killing the fucking scent of somebody's butthole, but also at the same time, um, you're, you're, you're anally, uh, pleasuring them. Would you be a sandalwood or a lavender guy? Oh, fuck lavender. Lavender, lavender on, <laughs> lavender on guys. Guys, don't use anything lavender on you. Like if there's a body wash or some shit, like if you're fucking like, uh, you know, girlfriend, fiance, wife uses some fucking lavender body wash and you've run out of your fucking, uh, whatever body wash you use, don't fucking use a lavender shit. Lavender reduces testosterone, Jake, on men and men. Oh, I did not know that. I thought you were just going to say because of the, the smell being off putting. No. It makes you, it makes you a pussy. <laughs> this is this is an urban legend. This is real science. This is real fucking science, dude. <laughs> lavender, uh, lavender, and then fucking if you guys, I know it's supposed to help with your mood, but flaxseed oil, flaxseed oil in men. If you take a, like a flaxseed oil fucking pill, um, it's supposed to enhance your mood. But it, it, I, I've heard flaxseed oil fucking uh, reduces testosterone in men. Fuck that shit. I need all the fucking testosterone, uh, in the world right now. I'm in my forties and that shit, you know what I mean? It's it a fucking, it, every time, every fucking year, my testosterone goes down. Yeah, you can't be wiping lavender on that shit. I know. Yeah. <laughs> fucking la- lavender condoms might as well just be like fucking, I don't know, Trojan flaccid is what they should market that as. <laughs> 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 
Re- oh, man, oh, sometimes hey. I'm laughing too much to think of anything to say. Re- Re- Rebecca, what, what, what's your announcement? Yeah, so um, many of your listeners know that uh, I have a podcast with Brooke uh, called Picardcast, but uh, we have started another podcast with uh, Brooke's uh, and my friend Cindy as well. Um, it's called Shira and the Podcast of Power, and um, our podcast is, as you may have guessed, uh, a show all about the Netflix series Shira and Princesses of Power. Um, we have recorded a zero episode and uh, episode one, which we talk about uh, the first episode of the series. Um, <clears throat> we're not breaking it down uh, like scene by scene or anything. It's more of a round table discussion talking about like the issues and the themes that the series is um, presenting in that particular episode and the character arcs and all that. Um, this was a series that I loved. Like every time a new uh, season dropped, I would always talk about it on here. Um, I know Brooke loved the show. Cindy loved the show as well. So we decided now that it's been completed, um, we would sort of go back as a retrospective and talk about the whole series. So um, we, I believe that we are on um, – Stitcher and we are on we should be approved for iTunes pretty soon here um, but you can find the link on our Facebook uh, page it's just if you just search for us you'll find us um, or you could send any of us a message we'll be happy to send you the link as well so uh, yeah if you're if you liked the show and you'd like to hear us talk about it you can listen to our, our new show Shira and the podcast of power yep all right, you know, you should. Oh my god, I, you should reach out and try to get fucking interviews with people. I think that that would be fantastic. I would. Yes, that is one of our goals. Um, we all of us follow like the creative team and the voice actors who are part of it. Um, we would love to interview any or all of them. Um, so yeah, that is definitely one of our goals. We'll hopefully be able to do that. We will be reaching out to those people. And but uh, for now, it's you know it's just the three of us talking about the show. We're super excited about it. We love all of us loved the show so much, and um, our show. Well, the the series was geared for a younger audience, and so our show um, following that is also um, it's not explicit. So we're not going to be cursing or dropping the f bombs and stuff. So you can listen to it with your kids. So if your kids enjoyed it, you can listen to our show with them. Oh, so you're not going to say shit like uh, Shira's fucking awesome. No, although she is fucking awesome, but we're not going to be saying it on that show. I can say that here, but we're not going to be saying it there. You said last time you talked about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power on our episode, you alluded to something that fans had wanted to see, and it finally happened in that episode. Mm -hmm. And I formulated in my head, and I'm going to throw it out there, and you don't have to say anything, but you can if you want to. I think that two characters on that show that they kind of like tease that might – have feelings for each other in, 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 as far as like a gay relationship, two of the female characters, uh, came out in that, in, in the season. That is correct. Uh, can I just say one thing? And I, I think it's awesome, but on the flip side, I want, I, I'm sick of that happening because I want characters just to be fucking gay from the beginning. I think that it's a puss out when they fucking do it in the last episode. I, I get what you're saying. Um, I think we're making steps. We're making progress. Yeah, but if, we it, are. but if we, we're making progress, but honestly, I think like if you have uh, a gay character 
that's figuring things out and they only figured it out until the last episode. Adventure Time did the exact same thing, Rebecca. And I'm kind of like, right. I, I understand they're doing it in kids shows, but I'm kind of over that. I think we need to move past that. If we have a character that's, I just want a character to know that they're in the dick at the beginning or they're in the pussy at the beginning. And I hate to come off like that. That's coming. I'm coming off like a crude right now, but honestly, well, I, that's I, what I, I want. I want characters from the beginning of these shows to know who they are. Instead of just like sneaking it in there in the last episode. And I'm not knocking this show. We're making baby steps, but I want to, I would love to see a show, especially something with a known property like She-Ra, just kind of like do this from the beginning instead of sneaking it in. I, I'm just repeating myself, sneaking well, it in, in the last episode. Okay. I, I will say this. I don't think I get your point. And I don't disagree that it would be nice to have from the beginning what what you're saying. Yeah. But I will say that if you watch the show, the show is just saturated with so many so many LGBTQ overtones to the show that when things happen, it's almost it's like, oh, well, I figured that was going to happen because I saw all this progression of stuff going on. But also the idea of like, they don't, in, in shows where there's like a heterosexual couple, they don't make a point to be like, well, I'm heterosexual. And, and so when they get together with, you know, if a guy gets together with a, with a woman, it's like, oh, wait till the end to do that. It's sort of just presented of like, this is just the way that it is. Like there's a character in the show that has two fathers, but we don't really find that out till the end only because it's sort of like, it wasn't, I don't want to say it's not important to the story, but it's just so normal. Like, it's not like we had to make a point to tell you about it in the beginning. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Like, they're just trying to make it like, this is just the way that it is. And yeah, it could be better. I get that. But I do think that if you watch the show, I, I think you may feel differently about that. All right. All right. I didn't mean to I didn't mean to start a, a whole thing. No, you didn't start a thing. No. But I do understand what you're saying. There are plenty of shows that don't give really a lot of hints or They clues either or kill give- off the gay character, one of the gay characters, so that mm-hmm. they can't fully form a relationship, or they do it in the last episode. Like, oh, I'm now, oh, it's the last episode, now we could just, now we're gay, and then it's like, it's, right? Yeah, I mean, it's better than the way J.K. Rowling did it for Harry Potter, where she didn't even write it into the books, and just after right. the fact, seven books later, it's yeah. like, oh, oh by the way, gay. yeah, Dumbledore all the signs were there. Right, well, I mean, well, what is it, the the Beauty and the Beast live action thing, the Josh Gad character is kind of like oh, barely... Oh, such a giant cop-out. Bare, yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree, that was stupid, but I don't, I think if you were to watch the whole series from beginning to end, I, I don't know, you might feel the same way, but I think you... I think you would might see how the show was telling you these things all along, but just presenting it as it's not a big deal because this is just the way that these characters are. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I feel like in that way, I just feel show- I feel like I feel like I feel like gay people are, tr- are cheated sometimes when it comes to entertainment. Oh, I, I don't I don't no. disagree with that statement at all. I agree with that statement 100 percent. 
I, I'm, I'm not, I am not a part of the LGBTQ community. I don't, would never even try to pretend to speak for somebody in that community. I, I would just say that I was rooting for this couple all along, but they had so many other things going on around them that I think because there were so many pressing issues mm-hmm. happening, a relationship could never really be fully explored until things became so desperate. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying not to spoil for anybody who hasn't seen the last season yet. So, but if you have seen the last season, you do you know what I'm talking about. But it, it's, I, I think that I, if you watch the show, yeah. I think you may have a different viewpoint on sure. it. Sure. Yeah. This is for, I'm an outsider. Haven't seen it. That was just like my takeaway. Kind of like, I kind of like read into like what you were alluding to. Yeah. And, and I mm-hmm. wanted to bring it up. But, you know, like, yeah. And people, I get, you know, there are some people that are getting sick of hearing like this. Uh, oh, you know, everybody wants to be represented, blah, blah, blah. It's the truth though. And here's the fucking thing. I remember like back, I'm talking late nineties and shit when we weren't getting hardly anything with gay characters. I remember sitting down with, uh, I remember sitting down with like my friends. Some of them were gay and we watched Kiss Me Guido, that movie for the first time. And it was like one of the first like gay movies that I remember seeing where people are representative, uh, people, uh, gay people were represented, represented in a movie that, a newer movie and it was like watching that for the first time and seeing how excited they were watching this movie and how I how excited I was for them that this movie was made things are getting better things are getting better we're getting a lot more content like you know like Love Simon and I I know Hulu's got the new series Love Victor and there's like a Uh lot more content out there now but I mean to see yourself represented in shows it's a fucking big deal it is a fucking big deal it is a big deal it's important and yeah representation is important when you see yourself represented on screen it it's a huge deal it's a huge deal like yeah so uh i mean i i would suggest you to check out the show i mean I, i i don't know if you've watched any of it um or, or maybe you feel like it's not really a thing that you might be interested in. But I think that the themes in the show are enough to keep people coming back to it. I mean, there are plenty of adults who love this show um, who, don't, who don't have kids. Uh, but I, I, I think the show has done – I think the show has done some really great stuff for representation and for – just loving people for who they are, no matter what. Um, so yeah, that's one of the reasons why we were drawn to talk about the, the show in, 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 in a podcast. I love that you're passionate about it. Uh, Shira and the podcast of power, Rebecca, Cindy and, uh, Brooke, listen to it. Everybody subscribe on Stitcher, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe, listen. So that's fantastic. I'm very yeah, happy for you thank guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for letting me, uh, for letting me promote my show. I appreciate that. Oh my, Glade plugins in your butt, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking, I'm talking about, I'm fucking talking about Japanese cherry blossom in your butt, Jake. That's beautiful. That's fucking beautiful. Plug it in, plug it. Plug it in. Oh, that is a, the commercials write themselves. Oh my god, they totally do. They totally do. Oh my god, it's a fucking beautiful thing. Watched Project Power on Netflix. Did you guys get a chance to see Project Power? 
Yes. Y- yes, yes. Yeah. When a pill that gives its users unpredictable superpowers for five minutes hits the streets of New Orleans, a teenage dealer and a local cop must team with an ex-soldier to take down the group responsible for its creation. This is directed by uh, Henry Joost and Ariel Schulman. These guys directed uh, – they, they directed – a few movies together, Paranormal Activity 3 and 4, as well as Nerve. I think uh, Nerve was – it was Dave Franco. And what's the, what's the girl, Emma? Is it Emma something or other uh, from uh, American Horror Story? She's she's in a lot of those American Horror Story series. Uh, Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts, yeah. Uh, Project Power stars Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Dominique Fishback, alongside uh, Colson Baker, Rodrigo Santoro, Amy Landecker, and Alan Maldonado. Um, basically in this show, we've got, uh, in, uh, near future New Orleans, a mysterious distributor offers a free supply of power. It's a pill that grants unpredictable superpowers for five minutes. And, uh, he presents it to these drug dealers, including, uh, this guy named Newt. And that's kind of like where the story kind of kicks off is, is people testing this drug in New Orleans and it can give you i guess it's it's based off of like animal dna and how animals have like different like abilities that they can do and so you don't know what you're going to get until you take it and if you take it 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 might not work with your dna you might fucking explode so it, you could either have a, a i don't who, who knows what the power is you could have super speed you could run like a cheetah you could fucking uh, you could be impervious to bullets you could uh, be like a chameleon and blend in with your environment almost making yourself invisible or you could explode i mean it's all up in the air you don't know what the fuck you're going to get with uh with these power pills and um I want to know what you guys thought about uh, Project Power on Netflix. I loved the trailer. I thought the trailer was phenomenal, and I could not wait to watch this. Rebecca, what did you think about Project Power on Netflix? Uh, oh, boy. This <laughs> um, I ha- I'm not going to lie. I, have a hard- I had a hard time reading this movie. Um, I'm going to give it a solid taste it. I thought it could have been – way better in certain things. I thought the action was um, pretty good. I thought the action was fun um, when people would take the pill and then like, you know, we saw that a bunch of times. They'd take the pill and their eyes would get all like, and then they'd like, you know, do their power or whatever. Um, I thought the fight scenes were really well choreographed. I enjoyed that part of it. I mean, it's built as a sci-fi. I found the science fiction part of it very thin. Um, I would have liked more sci-fi in this. Um, I thought to me, though, the standout in this movie was Dominique Fishback, who played Robin. Um, I mean, I know there's like, you know, Jamie Foxx is in this movie and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. These are not people to sneeze at. Like, these are big name actors. And I enjoyed their performances, but I thought she really stole this movie. I, I thought she was amazing. I really liked her. I liked her journey, um, from beginning to end. Um, I thought she held her own against Jamie Foxx. Like they had a lot of scenes together. Um, I, I found it, I, I just, my, my biggest gripe is that, you know, for a science fiction film, I found the sci-fi to be extremely, you know, very thin plot here. And I just, 
I would have liked more plot over flashy action, but I thought it was a it was a it was a solid action movie, and I liked it more than I watched it. So I know it started out a little bit rough, and then the more I got in, I enjoyed the movie more towards the end. I'm gonna jump in. I'm gonna give this movie the lowest of taste its. Oh wow! Like, seriously, okay. the lowest of taste its. I I had a. I built up so much hype for this movie. Such a great concept. You know, five minutes. You get five minutes with this power, and you don't know what your power is going to be. And uh, we're an hour into the movie. We've only – and I, I think I counted correctly. We're an hour into the movie. We've only seen three powers at this point mm-hmm. in the movie. And I was just very underwhelmed by this. I feel like the action was hard to follow in this. The way that it was filmed, I, I don't think that these directors get a, did a good job following the action in this. It was kind of like messy and – and all over the place, it was very hard to follow. I think that the direction that they took with the action was not uh, not not what I wanted to see. Um, the the powers themselves, I wanted them to be a little bit more fantastical and comic booky, and instead it felt more like uh, body uh, body uh, body horror and gritty. And I, it wasn't fun. Uh, you had one character that would like, that was like the human torch and would flame on and it just looked disgusting. Um, it looked fucking disgusting. None of it looked fun. None of this movie, these people and these powers looked fun. It all looked like you're taking this pill and it looked like this pill was torturing you. It, it, I was not impressed by this. I think Dominique Fishback did great and I was expecting a lot more from uh, Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and I didn't get it from them. I didn't get it from them. There there were moments in this movie where I felt like the chemistry was great with the characters and some of the movie was fun, but overall, I was really just kind of let down by this big time, big time let down by this. Great concept, great fucking concept. I feel like this could have been a fantastic movie, but instead nothing came together well. In my opinion, lowest of taste. It's I almost want to toss this thing, Jake. What oh, did wow. what What did you think about Project Power? <laughs> I, I I do toss this thing. I, I, <laughs> I mostly hated it. Like I, I think you hit it right in the head, Brian. It's an incredible concept. I I too also loved the trailer. Um, I disagree with Rebecca that I wanted more sci-fi. I wanted no or less sci-fi. Like the premise is super cool. Just get it out there, and then let's see a lot of people popping these pills and showing lots of powers and lots of cool action sequences. I think this movie fell into the, like, you've seen this plot a million times problem. Like, you, if you've seen five movies, you knew halfway through kind of what was going to happen at the end of this movie, and there was so much more that could have been done, I thought, with this plot. I thought we were going to get, like, a cat-and-mouse, like, chase tale between Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt from the way that the trailer kind of let out. And it's really something completely different. It tries to encompass too much story. It's like from how the drug is made to how it's being distributed to what's going on there and too many characters' backgrounds. And none of it really ever emotionally works at all. And the only time the movie's remotely cool is seeing these people swallow these pills and what power they're going to have. And mostly Brian is correct. It was a bunch of fails and body horror stuff and nothing all that interesting. Um, Maybe the most interesting one was the one that kind of had the like 
Mora from X-Men Powers, where the bone fragments were coming out, I thought was slightly interesting. Zero payoff. Zero payoff for Dominique Fishback's character and the whole school scene with the teacher. Nothing. Like, her whole rap career, none of that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought yeah. we I were going to... She was a fine enough child actor, but that storyline was completely needless. Yeah. And kind of yeah. the no, bubblegum I... movie I We kind of, like, like, like they tease, like, this whole kind of, like, Eminem 8 Mile kind of, like, you know, rap battle <laughs> thing and stuff like that. And nothing comes from that. It's like, it's, and I really was enjoying the character in that scene. And nothing comes from that. Like, I... Oh, the more I'm thinking about it, Jake, I'm, <laughs> the, the more you talk about it, I do want to toss it, but I, I, ah, uh, it's nothing I will ever watch again. And I, and you know, what was that, what was that Joel Edgerton, Will Smith movie that came out where they're cops and like it's set in a world of fairies and stuff like that? That was a better Netflix movie than this. And that's fucking sad to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right there. Yeah. This was so bad. You knew like, that a certain character was going to die and exactly what was going to happen to get him back. And like, as soon as they set up the watches with the five minutes with Frank's character, like you knew what all the payoffs to that were going to be. And it couldn't have been more silly with its convoluted plots and just way too much going on when all I really wanted was a cheesy bubblegum action movie. Give me fun and fantastical. Instead of, <laughs> instead of gritty, kind of like, I don't know why they tried to make it like, I don't know, like. Poetic justice. Yeah. Eight mile meets. Well, and then you, you've got like the one guy who takes the pill and you don't know what's going to happen with him. And he becomes like a supersized version of himself. And he goes from being an, I guess when he takes the pill, he goes from being like an intelligent guy to just a complete raging monster. It is, you know. I think they were yeah. trying to make their version of the Hulk with that one. Well, yeah, it felt like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, the Hulk. It felt like all those things, and it just didn't work. And the CG in that scene looked terrible, in my opinion. But um <laughs> I rolled my eyes so much at so many plot points in this movie, though. Like, at one point, they're like when they're having the buyers in to buy the actual drug, they're having all of a sudden the plot point of them using, using the drug as like some kind of tracker chip comes thrown into the mix and it's just like oh my gosh i roll i roll like yeah there's no payoff to any of these like crazy concepts that they bring up when yeah i thought like i like, thought like throw us some lame science and move on the one woman who takes it and she's you know i thought she was gonna have like this emma frost power but instead it just like doesn't it just like freeze her and kill her <laughs> no i think that they no i think what happened was that was the one where they gave her the pill and it gave her like 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 a a, a flame on type pow- power, but they put like they cooled the room down so that she wouldn't overheat. Well, she but was freezing. The- she was cold. Yeah, right, they said it was the- real life frozen. Oh, that I had it backwards then. Okay, I they it. had to heat up the room to keep her comfortable. I didn't know that if they didn't heat the room, like Jake, did she freeze and die? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. It, like, yeah, when this did, movie was terrible. It does what every movie that isn't confident with their special effects do as well, where everything is way fucking darker than it needs to be. This is an impossible movie to watch during the daytime in your house. Like, the action sequences are completely uh, – you can't even follow what's going on unless you're watching this. in the. It's like that Steven Spielberg show 
for fucking Quibi. Like you have to watch this at midnight or you can't see what the fuck's going on. <laughs> I think, I think you get different directors in here with this story. I think we got a much better movie. I, I blame, I blame these paranormal activity guys a hundred percent for what yeah. we got here. I feel like I may have low tasted this movie if I hadn't have seen the trailer before I saw it as well. Yeah, it let you down that, that much. It let you down that much because the trailer was fantastic. Yeah, that was a big part of it. I, I, I can't go back and tell you if I wouldn't have tossed it that way or not, but I feel like that was the extra layer of this really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> Project Power. <laughs> Oh boy, you're not going to be winning a Project Power physical Blu-ray from us anytime soon. No, 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 that's true. That's true. Uh, Rebecca, you, you liked it, you didn't love it. Exactly. I liked it, I didn't love it. I think for me, maybe uh, I was, I really just liked Dominique's per- performance so much that I kind of, I forgave a lot of the stuff that, that you guys are talking about. Um, I don't know. I, I, I know what you mentioned about the body horror. I, I kind of thought, I, I don't know. I thought that was actually kind of interesting with this guy, Newt, who was taking the pills and it would give him this, like, firepower. But, like, in real life, like, this is what happened to his body, like, the after effects of taking this pill without having the protection that, like, the human torch has. You know, like, he can flame on, flame off, and he's fine uh, because, you know, comics and all that. But, like, this guy doesn't have that. After five minutes – um, his power wears off and his body then bears the basically has to deal with the consequence. I actually thought that was interesting. Yeah. It, bur- interesting it burned his clothes movie. off. It burned his clothes off. And right. I guess he's just left naked with a charred dick. I mean, it was just, I- <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, the whole five minute thing is so fucking dumb too. Like it's a designer drug and like, it doesn't vary from person. Like, you get a completely different fucking power, but no matter what, it's only going to be five minutes. Yeah, and the, like watch to it. There's How no dumb as that. And as soon as they pop the pill in, like into their mouth, like it really hasn't even like hit their digestive system. They're like already setting the timer on their watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's like when you have to like sync up Dark Side of the Moon with with Wizard of the Oz. Like you have to wait until the pupil finishes dilating, and that's exactly when you start your five minute clock. Yeah. God, oh, this movie had so many problems. I was just like, this, this just did not leave me. Such a waste of good talent, too. Like, I know. I, I would really love to see a good Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon Levitt, like, yeah, just a cat versus mouse movie. Like, they're just against each other, you know? Oh my God. Like, this had so much potential. So much potential. Um, Sorry, yeah. I can't stop just ripping on this movie. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the bad guys were so bad, too. I thought all the villain characters were just fucking awful. Guys, watch – instead of watching Project Power, just watch <laughs> – watch just watch past episodes of Project Runway, OK? Just do yourself a favor and watch – Oh, it's, that's way better. Way better. Way better. Yeah, it, that, yeah, I have to agree on that one. You should – yeah, definitely watch Project <laughs> Runway. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the documentary this week. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it too too much. It's called Turtle Power. The definitive history of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you can watch it for free on Popcorn Flicks, and it's also available for free on Crackle. You have to watch it with ads. Both of those services have ads. It's a 2014 documentary about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise. Uh, it's directed by Randall Lobb, and 
I enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a high taste. It. I think for them to call it the definitive history of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a little bit of an overstatement. It's not, it's not, um, definitive in my opinion. There's a lot of stuff that they kind of glossed over, but it does go through like the, the creation of the turtles from the first sketch that was drawn all the way up until, you know, they were making movies in 2014. It goes through like, you know, the history of the turtles, the first movie that they made, the comic book, how they only, you know, uh, printed 3000 copies of the first issue of the turtles, how, um, playmates was making the toys. What a huge sensation it was. I really did enjoy it. I think it's fantastic, but I think in order to get like the definitive history of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and especially the relationship between Eastman and Laird, I think you really need to, I, there needs to be more. This needs to be like a docu-series where you get like, you know, 10 episodes or something like that for them to call this the definitive history. Uh, but I did really enjoy it. And I think if you're a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan, you need to watch this one. So I do recommend that you watch Turtle Power, the definitive history of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for free on Popcorn Flicks and Crackle. So high taste it. Cool. Yeah, the Ninja Turtles, it's so crazy what a successful independent comic that was, right? Like I can't think of any other non-big comic book publisher like property that just exploded like turtles like, yeah geez. like i don't know i mean i guess i mean the, uh, such a low print run for that first issue you know it, it, like three, oh yeah three thousand like, like the franchise that it created like i can't think of anything else like i mean maybe the walking dead is the only thing even close to it i can think yeah of. i think even the walking dead didn't that have five thousand to six thousand for the first issue i'm not sure i'm not 100 percent sure like, oh yeah, it's still an image comic, which yeah. some people argue isn't an independent comic. But right, right, yeah. I mean, wow, like what, what, what's bigger than Turtles? That's you know not Marvel or DC. Right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would, I would recommend. They get into a lot of the toys too, which is really cool. Looking back at some of these toys, which like I had all the Turtles toys from that first, that first generation. I had the. I had the all the toys, even the vehicles, the blimp and all that shit. And I, I had a ton of it too. I think yeah. Ninja Turtles were the last action figures that I bought. Too. Me too. That, 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 Jake, I'm right. That was the last action figures that I bought as a child. Like that like my parents bought me. Ninja yeah. Turtles, maybe I shouldn't have been getting Ninja Turtles. Yes. That cartoon was so fucking sweet. I know. I felt like, am I too old for this? But it was like the last figures that I played with, like with my friends and stuff like that. So yeah. Oh yeah, I had to have the Casey Jones and all the turtles and the April and yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that whole first set, maybe even the second set too. The Rocksteady, the Bebop. I still have all those. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I and you know, like I don't look fondly. Do you look? How do you feel about Taka and Razor? Do you look back on them fondly now? I don't. I. No. No. We, uh, we um, didn't we always want we we always wanted Rocksteady and Bebop and there's some sort of like licensing issue or something. Yeah, yeah, that was super weird. When they finally made them, though, they were really nice. Yeah, I always hated the Neutronians or what were they called? The Neutrinos. The Neutrinos. I love the Neutrinos. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Neutrinos and the, that fucking like it, they almost was like they were in like this um, oversized like. 
Cadillac or some shit. This Cadillac convertible car. The neutrinos, those aliens. And they were from, weren't they from the same planet that Krang was from? I don't know. I think you're correct. Like Krang was like slaving them on his yeah. planet or something like that. They were like the Oompa Loompas to yeah. <laughs> the Krang Willy Wonka. They talked about that Technodrome toy that they made. And they were talking yeah, about how like had that. neither. I never, had the blimp. I never had any of the cool. Vehicles. I had the blimp. I was always jealous of the vehicles. I had the fucking blimp. I had the fucking blimp, dude. Yeah, I, no, I guess I did have the van. I lie. I had that's the one vehicle I did have. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, and then Splinter actually came with a fucking cloth robe. Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah. He-Man was all plastic robes at that point, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy, uh, cloth rope, and he came with a cane. They talked about how, um, they did talk about how it was a satire to Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. And, uh, Frank Miller's, like, look at, um, cause they would do, like, a lot of the same poses from Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns in the comic book. And they would also do, like, Frank, like, a satire of Frank Miller's Daredevil run. And, yeah, made the man without fear stuff too. Yeah, yeah. like how, you know, uh, he was trained, like Daredevil was trained by Stick and they were trained by Splinter and, um, and there's yeah, a chip off the old block is what Eastman and Lard always used to say about that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there was even rumors that the same chemical that turned Matt Murdock into Daredevil was the same mute, that was the same mutagen that turned the turtles into turtles, into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So yeah, I think they even, in a recent, like, and by recent, I mean like 15 years ago, and one of the newer Daredevil ones, they actually show the four turtles there in the comic book. I think you're right. Yeah. Like in the origin story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When like Mark Wade like retells it like 12 years ago. Oh God. I fucking, I'm pretty sure they show the turtles like in the use. I don't like, know if it's, Easter is it Mark Wade's run? I have the entire run from like when he went to, like it was New York based and then it went to fucking San Francisco. I have the entire yeah. run of both from Mark Wade. There's, it's so fucking good, that Daredevil series. Yeah, it's a shame Daredevil's kind of in limbo now, cause man, that's one character just has a ton of great runs. Yeah. What, oh god. Jake, do you think Daredevil will get MCU treatment eventually? I think so. I think it's a character that they're very fond of, and it's a very popular character. I think we'll see him again. Rebecca, more Daredevil MCU. One hundred percent. I I think they'd be I think they'd be crazy not to. Um, I think I think Daredevil will definitely we'll see him in in the MCU. Whether whether we see, you know, all the Defenders again eventually, that I don't know. But I mean, maybe we never see Daredevil crossover with like the Guardians of the Galaxy. But certainly, there's plenty of street level stuff that. You know, Daredevil could could cross over. That's with what we need, movie. though. We need shit like that. The crossover, the, the the Daredevil. Like one of my favorite issues of Mark Wade's Daredevil is when the Silver Surfer shows up, and Daredevil, like they work together, and Daredevil's only request to Silver Surfer is that he wants to ride the board. There's a fucking scene. There's <laughs> That's a, awesome. There's a panel of fucking Daredevil on Silver Surfer's board. It, it is amazing. Some of my favorite... Yeah, the cover. <laughs> yes. Some of my favorite shit is when, like, characters that should not be hanging out in the MCU hang out. Like, when Jason Aaron did the event, Original Sin, and you've got the Punisher hanging out with Doctor Strange, it's some of the best fucking comic shit I've ever read. 
yeah, I mean, you're that's, right. That's awesome. That even like Spider Man worked really well like that. Just, like when you introduce like just crazy stuff that he's not used to messing with. Like yeah. he's had great interactions with Silver Surfer along those same lines. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun when when I, I, Rebecca, I know like what you're saying. Like it just doesn't make sense. But like if Kevin Feige realizes like how some of these street level characters would work in like a cosmic universe, like. Some of that shit is just fucking fantastic. When you got mm-hmm. the Punisher hanging out in the astral plane with fucking Doctor Strange, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. Some great stories and a okay. lot of fun can be had. So, cool. yeah, we're not uh, teenage turtles. Um, <laughs> I watched Spree. Rebecca, did you get a chance to see Spree? I ran out of time. I did not get to see Spree. No worries. I saw Spree. This is something I've been looking forward to. I, I, I honestly, I only found out about this about three weeks ago. Um, thirsty for a following, Kurt Kunkel is a rideshare driver who has figured out a deadly plan to go viral. This one stars Stranger Things actor Joe Keery. He plays Kurt Kunkel. It also stars Sashir Zamata, David Arquette, Kyle Mooney, and Mishka Barton. Uh, it was executive produced by Drake. And you've got, you've got Joe Keery playing Kurt Kunkel, Joe Keery from Stranger Things. And he's a, he's a, he's a guy who's obsessed with being a social media star and becoming viral. And he visits live streams and makes video content. And he goes by, uh, what's it? Kurt's World 96. And he doesn't get a lot of viewers. And, when he was younger, he used to babysit this kid, Bobby, who's now an internet star. And he visits his live streams, and this Bobby has like a huge number of, um, of followers, and, and he gets all the likes and all the notifications, and it makes Kurt jealous. And so he is basically begging Bobby to spread his videos in order to reach more viewers. And so Bobby's like, you know, I'll, I'll check out your stream and, and, and maybe I'll do that for you. And Kurt works as a driver for like, like an Uber or a Lyft, but it's called Spree. And he decks his car out with these, with these cameras and he starts this new live stream called The Lesson, where he instructs viewers on how to get famous on social media. And it starts turning into something more sinister. Bobby thinks what he's watching is fake. And what he's done is he's injected these plastic bottles of water that he gives the, the ride, the, the people that are, you know, doing this, this getting a ride from him. He injects it with like, I don't know, some kind of chemical that ends up killing them. And it is, this is a, it's an hour and a half. This is bizarre. Like, He'll pick these people up and like the first guy that he picks up is like one of these kind of like a, I don't know, like a white supremacist kind of guy. And it's, he gives this guy this water and it ends up killing the guy and ends up taking the body somewhere and everything, everything. And then he starts to, he, he interacts with, um, Sashir Zamata, who's playing like a, a comedian who has a bunch of followers. She ends up getting a ride from him and it's all about him kind of like 
getting more followers and it just turns into like this sinister murderous type of show where he just takes it a little too far to go viral. Um, I'll give it a taste it. It, it <laughs> like it, it, um, it had my attention the whole time. It's new. It's different. It's wild. Um, but it's not anything that like, I, I don't know. Like, I could see this going either way. Like this could be like something that could be like a cult classic. Like people could end up loving this thing and there could be like a group of people that just absolutely love Spree and it could take off. But for me, it was just, it was okay. I enjoyed it enough, but it's nothing that, you know, that I can get on here and like rave about. So it's called Spree and it's on video on demand right now. A lot of SNL people, it sounds like, in that, huh? Kyle Mooney. Kyle Mooney, Sashir uh, Zamata, yeah. And then David Arquette, for some weird reason. <laughs> Did he have a big role? He played his dad in this one. It, oh, wow. like, everything just kind of, like, ramps up. It just keeps ramping up in this. And, I don't know, check it out. It's all screen-based, too. I think it's, I think, as far as I remember, it's all screen-based, the whole movie. It feels like, Every time you're watching it, it's through like a screen, whether it's like on his phone or like the screen that he's hooked up to his car or like, you know, cameras outside of a business. It's, I think, I feel like it's all screen based, kind of like, uh, searching with, uh, John Cho and, and what's the newest movie that was the Zoom chat on Shutter Host? Yeah. So it's all screen based. That's impressive. Did that make the movie, did it heighten the suspense? Did that work? I think it worked for the most part. Yeah. 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 This will be, I think this will be available on some platform. If you don't want to pay for it, it'll eventually show up somewhere, you know, Shutter or uh, Amazon or something. So if you don't want to shell out the money for this one, it'll eventually find a home somewhere where you can watch it. Um. I watched the, I watched the first episode. Jake, how many episodes did you watch of World's Toughest Race? I hate the title. World's Toughest Race, e- <laughs> colon, Eco Challenge, Fiji. <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible name. I, I watched just the uh, first episode. I watched the first episode as well. Rebecca, did you see any of the, of the World's Toughest Race, colon? I watched the, f- yeah, I know. <laughs> Eco- colon, Eco Challenge, <laughs> comma. <laughs> uh, Fiji. I, I I watched the first two episodes. Remember Fiji water? Did you drink Fiji water? No, I still drink. Oh, it's good shit. I, li- I li- good. Yeah, I like Fiji water. Should we be drinking water out of bottles though? Plastic bottles. Well, or it's should- certainly more eco friendly to use those like refillable squishy bottles. Um, it's certainly more eco friendly. Do they call yeah. them squishy bottles? I they do not. I call them squishy <laughs> bottles. <laughs> Is that bladders? What do they want? What's that? Some people call them bladders. Bladders. Well, that's what they are. But I call them squishy bottles. You call them (laughs) squishy bottles. (laughs) Semicolon bladders. Semicolon bladders. Hyphen. Hyphen Fiji. (laughs) Oh man, that's all I got for this one. No. Say more punctuation mark. This is uh, this is on uh, this is on Amazon. 
the ultimate team survival competition pits contestants in a series of grueling activities in a race around the globe. It's 66 teams from 30 different countries in Fiji compete in the world's toughest race. And it's hosted by Bear Grylls. And, uh, I, uh, I, um, this is the kind of show my parents like. My parents watch this kind of shit. So I text my dad and I was like, hey, you should watch, I should, you should watch. I didn't call, I didn't call it world's toughest race colon eco challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you should watch world's toughest race on Amazon. And he's like, yeah, I've, uh, I've got, I've only got one episode left. My dad, my dad has blazed through this fucking show. He fucking loves it. My dad fucking loves this fucking show. And I guess like Jake, I mean, like if you watch, like the first episode, they do kind of show you, I guess, before the episode starts, kind of like where the sh- – oh, I just spilled my beer all over the fucking place. Oh, Jesus Christ. I wonder what that noise is. Do you, yeah. you want to pause? Yeah, let's pause. <laughs> no. <laughs> is it still recording? Jesus Christ. Fucking old school. are so fresh. Snap. All right, we're back. Fuck, man, I spilled beer all over it. This would not have happened had I had the beer in a squishy bottle, Rebecca. I'm, I'm talking about squishy bottle. It's way to go. Squishy bottle. What the you would immediately be in last place on the uh, America's <laughs> Toughest Earth, World's Toughest Race. Colon Eco Challenge, <laughs> comma, Fiji. <laughs> <laughs> hyphen parentheses spilt beer yeah <laughs> underscore ampersand uh, <laughs> this was a middle of the road taste it for me um i thought it was neat it was neat seeing so many teams start out i thought a lot of the stories of the people in the race were pretty damn inspirational and that was really cool um but i don't know just something about it had just I don't know if I'll finish watching it or not. I mean, I, I could, I might, but I wasn't just compelled to watch the next episode. Um, I thought the sound mixing was really bad on this show. I know that sounds like a nerdy complaint, but I thought the, the music a lot of times that like crazy dramatic horror, like reality TV music was so loud. I couldn't hear what a few of the contestants were even saying during their confessionals during it. And I thought that was just kind of sloppy editing. Um, I laughed at Bear Gorillas doing the backflip off of the helicopter <laughs> to, to demonstrate where the token was going to be located. That was definitely the funniest part yeah, of the it's, episode. It's hosted by Bear Grylls. What, what did he do? What was that thing he was on? Naked and Afraid? I don't know. No, was that him? No. no, no. He was, um, what was Survivor the Man. Bear Grylls show was, um, Man versus Wild. There you go. Oh, yeah. Did he, did he ever, uh, win versus that? Was it Man? <laughs> It was a draw. Man versus wild. It was a draw. <laughs> fucking tie. Oh, it's a fucking tie at the end of the day? <laughs> oh, yeah. Crap. Yeah. All I remember is him, is, uh, him peeing on shit and then putting it on his head to cool himself off. I've never seen an episode. He would always pee on fucking cloth, like some kind of like towel. Yeah, I, I've seen like um segments from that, that show. But yeah, he, he was, it was a lot of 
there was a lot of urination in that show. Yeah, and a lot how of... he would use the pee in different ways. Yeah, he would pee on stuff. Not slow motion backflips. I assumed that was his signature <laughs> move. But that was the, what I thought. <laughs> this, I, I, yeah, a lot of different competitors on this. You had like the the one guy who's competed in this before, and now he's like he's got Alzheimer's, and his son's with him. And mm. then you've got the two twin Indian girls. I call them I call them the Twindians. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, hashtag Twindians. <laughs> they they climbed fucking Everest. That's no joke, man. Yeah. That was why. Did they really say they were the first twins to climb Mount Everest? That was like a stat. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was weird. (laughs) (laughs) We should climb Mount Everest, Brian. We could be the first podcast co-host. Yeah, first podcast co-host to climb Everest. We should get on that. We should get that one in the books. Oh fuck that! Everest would kill us. We would we would end up as like one of those (laughs) frozen people on Everest that they can't bring down. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, that's fucked up, man. There are people frozen on Everest right now. Like they can't bring them down. They're just frozen up there. That's like that's that's they're just frozen people on Everest. Can you I, imagine that? I, I had no idea about this. Can I donate? I, what do you mean? Well, donate to what? To getting help, helping. Oh, helping the bodies, dude. It's a fucking real thing. People that fucking go up to Everest and shit. Some of them just fucking freeze and they can't bring them down. They're just fucking frozen there on Everest. Just fucking frozen bodies. Yeah. No, it, it, it is a real thing. I don't think there's like a – I think that there have been attempts like to – like privately people have tried to get some of the bodies brought down. But it's such a difficult – I mean not difficult being mild, but like it's such a cr- incredibly difficult climb. Like a lot – those bodies are probably just going to stay up up there forever. Yeah. Fucking just people like frozen on Everest on a mountain. Frozen people. Frozen people. (laughs) Peepsicles. Peepsicles. (laughs) (laughs) I thought um, the whole like storyline of the team bend and Paul's eventual fate was kind of hilarious. Like they, they really like drove the narrative towards it too. They're like, how long can the first team keep up at this pace? (laughs) (laughs) What about a team unbroken? You got the the deaf lady and uh, the yeah. yeah the war veterans yeah and the, but here's the thing like they were in last place yeah the, they really made them look dumb too yeah. when it came to uh, they were like they could have walked a short little jaunt but instead they showed like the graphic that they chose to go all the way back around and then the team that was in first place that one fight that guy Dan. Oh, Dan was his name. I called him Paul. That's what I, that's the team bend. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. That guy, he fucking like overheated and was like always passing out. And like his team was mm-hmm. just like, Oh fuck, we're dragging this fucker around. He- <laughs> <laughs> they like, they, they like attached a rope to him and they were just walking him up the mountain. He it reminded was- me of like, uh, when, hope- when parents put their child on a leash out in public. Yeah. <laughs> 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 my favorite, my favorite was, um, the black guy in the Speedo. Oh yeah, Team Onyx. Oh yeah, that was uh-huh. fun. I love that guy. He's like, I am so shy, but like, out here, I fucking like, I just wanna wear a Speedo. 
I love how he said, I packed a Speedo for every day of the trip. I fucking, I, I fucking love that guy so much. He was fucking hilarious. I loved him, but I don't know. I'll give it a taste of it too. I guess like when they showed like in the, you know, like some of the scenes from like, uh, what's coming up in future episodes and like people getting hurt and shit. Like they showed like this one guy had like this huge deep cut like this gash in his arm and it looked painful as shit they showed like another guy like wasn't a guy like stuck in between two rocks or some shit yeah I see the season overall at the end of the episode actually i, th- I didn't i, was, I, I, I felt like it was at, i felt like it was at the beginning of the episode they no, were sure show- that was like the season overview like explaining the race because they were like i think that part you're talking about brian comes when they were talking and they were saying that they have to do it all without the benefit of like modern technology and then they see this guy in between these two rocks and he's like dan i need help and it was just <laughs> <laughs> kind of made me i've fallen and i can't get up yeah, exactly <laughs> you're selling me on this a little bit because it was pretty hilarious <laughs> to see uh Dan overexert and puking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, I'm just going to say, I don't watch a lot of these types of shows, like The Greatest Race, Survivor. It's the um, the Amazing Race. Oh, see, I don't even know what it's fucking called. Amazing Race. (laughs) (laughs) The Amazing Showman. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I watched that one. Um, Yeah, I don't watch a lot of these, like, survival type things these these comp these like competitive um reality tv stuff but i don't know i was sold on this show with the stories and and maybe this is typical of all of these types of shows and uh you guys can tell me if it is but like hearing these people's personal stories of like stuff that they were going through and then like what they had to overcome to be there. Like the guy with Alzheimer's, I got like, Whoa, my God, I was so blown away by that. Or like these people who the, the team had done 126 Ironman competitions and, um, the, the, the doctor who had given birth just eight months ago. And here she was doing like, that stuff really roped me into this show. I actually, I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I was so enthralled by this show. And I don't know if it's just because I don't watch a lot of this type of stuff. And so for me, this is like a whole new thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, this is amazing. But I just, I don't know. I really liked it. I thought some of it was really silly and it, it, it like made me laugh. But overall, like, I'm really intrigued to watch this whole, if I had time, I would have watched all 10 episodes. Like, I thought it was really interesting. And, like, the the stuff they had to do was, like, fascinating to watch. I, I don't know. But th- this is, like, really my first exposure to this type of show. So I was pretty pulled in by, like, people's personal stories. Yeah. I, I This is pretty extreme, isn't it, Jake? Like, what they're doing? Oh yeah, like they're as far as the challenges go yeah. and, and what they're putting these contestants through. Like it's way more extreme than any of those other like reality shows than a Survivor or an Amazing Race or or what have you. Yeah, this was very extreme compared to that. Remember that? Remember that rock group in the eighties? Extreme. They sang more than words. Yeah. Oh, I love that song. Actually, <laughs> do they have another hit? I, that's it, dude. 
I think I think that, I think they're one hit wonder with that. <laughs> oh, I, 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 yeah, like their one hit like was not like it was the rock ballad. You know what I mean? It yeah, was. What like, else do you need if you wrote more than words can say? What was it? The, the the lead singer was his name Gary something. He eventually became the lead singer of fucking uh, Van Halen. Really? Yeah, in the late nineties. Yeah. Yeah. This is like post fucking uh Sammy Hagar. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. I just remember those guys all had really long hair. <laughs> yes. Well, well, yeah. It was like this Most of it, most of the bands <laughs> in the eighties did. Well, yes, I know that, but I mean just like <laughs> <laughs> the video thing. Yeah. That guy with really long hair, he went on to be in Led Zeppelin. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Poison? Death Leopard? John Bon Jovi? John Bon Jovi had long hair? I looked up Extreme's five most popular songs. Yeah. And I will admit, I know what number two is, but when we get to uh, three, four, and five, I've never fucking heard of them. What, number two. Yeah. Is wholehearted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember that song. Yeah, yeah. You remember, so me, like, remember, remember, not uh. Not a hit, though. Not, nothing like more than words. Remember the mega band Damn Yankees? Oh, yeah, for sure. It was, uh, what, Ted Nugent, who else? They're like, they took a bunch of, like, guys from, uh, all these fucking bands and shit, and they fucking threw them into this mega band, and they only had one hit. They had that, that high enough song. Can you yeah. take me high enough? <laughs> I saw Dan Yankees and Bad Company double build at the Peoria Civic Center. Really? Oh, man. Can you imagine seeing Dan Yankees and Extreme in the same fucking venue? <laughs> I can't imagine. All I remember from that fucking Extreme video is it's in black and white and then that one jackass uh, fucking lighting that lighter at the end of the fucking video. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to That's s- hilarious. I, wanted to- I could not have recalled that, but the second you say it, I could see it like I was watching yeah, it. Yeah, I wanted to smack that guy so hard. <laughs> I still do. <laughs> you had every right to want that. <laughs> hey, what, wasn't Extreme one of the competitors on World's Toughest Race, colon, Eco Challenge, Fiji? Team Extreme. Team Extreme. <laughs> they fucking bowed out. Uh, I, yeah, I'll give it a taste. It. I, you know what? My parents fucking love it. My dad's through <laughs> fucking like nine episodes on this goddamn thing. Fucking loves it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Bear Grylls. <laughs> Doing backflips off of fucking planes. Is that his real fucking? His parents named him fucking Bear. <laughs> That's his stage name. His real name is actually Stanley. Stan- Stanley Grills. <laughs> <laughs> no, his his last name's really his last name's really Stanley. His name's Bear Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Rebecca, I'm, I'm, I, so are you going to continue watching this, Rebecca? It was a Tupperware for you. I'm going to continue. I actually, probably tomorrow, I might binge the rest of it. I, again, like, my, I don't know if this is just because this is, like, the first of these type of shows that I've really watched. Um, but I don't know. I was, I was, re- honestly, what did it for me was hearing everybody's, like, personal stories about, how, you know, what they were going through and, and, and then how they came to be in this challenge. It really, 
pulled me in. I I want to see what happens to these teams. I want to see who wins the thing. I I don't know. I was I don't know if I'll watch more of this type of TV, but this particular show just I don't know. I'm really intrigued by it. I really liked it. Wow. That's awesome. Hearing what you guys have to say about this show honestly makes me want to watch more of it more than watching the first episode of the show did. Dude, yeah, the first episode was like okay, like but like when they showed like what was coming it later in the season, dude, people are getting fucked up, Jake. People are getting yeah. fucked up. Yeah, I might I might get back into this. I might get back into it. Teenage bounty hunters. Teenage Mutant Bounty Hunters, Turtles. As soon as you said teenage, my brain was like, we already talked about this. Dude, this is not even a joke. This was, uh, uh, this is the story. I can't, uh, a woman developed this. I can't, what is her name? Kathleen? I can't remember. But she originally wanted to title this Slutty Teenage Bounty Hunters. Yeah, I remember. I was on the episode where we talked about this. Yeah, we had a whole argument, not argument, but we had a, a a whole discussion about it. And I said, "Fine, I'll watch it, but I won't like it." Oh, <laughs> uh, were you were you like turned that. off? Uh, were you turned off that they were slutty teenage bounty hunters? It it. <sighs> Why can't you be slutty and own it? I okay. Well, it, I was it rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. The title because I just thought it was going to be like this exploitative thing. Obviously, I was just going off the title. But yes, you can use the word slut and own it. I think yeah, there's a whole movement of women trying to do that. I've been a slut before, Jake. Have you ever been slutty? <laughs> you ever I found yourself being slutty? I've been slutty before. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I could go back into my twenties and give you many a time I was slutty. <laughs> I put out, I have put out for some people in my lifetime. Probably shouldn't have done it. You know what I mean? Like I, I've done the walk of shame the next day. I've been a slut. I've been a slut, Jake. I mean, what are your twenties for? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 you're experimental. You're being slutty. <laughs> <laughs> I did some slutty shit in my twenties, Jake. Oh my god. I was a slut. I was like, oh my god, I was just a fucking hormone. I was a raging hormone. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Um I can't imagine. I did not know Brian in his twenties. You but did not know me in my twenties. But I was I can I, only imagine. I have I've had my slutty moments. I've had my slutty moments. It's crazy that we never met each other in our twenties, actually, to be honest. Though. It is, isn't it? We knew the same people. Yeah. Yeah, it's very crazy. Yeah. After joining forces with a veteran bounty hunter, 16-year-old fraternal twin sisters Sterling and Blair dive into the world of bail-skipping baddies while still navigating the high stakes of teenage life. This one stars Maddie Phillips as Sterling Wesley, Angelica Betty Fellini as Blair Wesley. Blair Wesley. I don't know why I said it like that. That was terrible. Um, <laughs> Kadeem Hardison as Bowser Simmons, a bounty hunter. Guys, do you remember him as Dwayne Wayne from A Different World? He is how, like, how can you not? I, I can't believe that that's Kadeem Hardison. <laughs> oh, my God. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't Kadeem Hardison, who once played Dwayne Wayne, doesn't he look like he actually ate Dwayne Wade, the basketball player? <laughs> <laughs> he looks um, – he is like uh, super-sized me, Kadeem Hardison. He's uh, – I, I still love him. I still love him. I still love him. 
Uh, I love Dwayne Wayne. Did you like A Different World? Remember that it was the uh, it was the comedy. It was the Cosby Show spinoff, and it was low. Yeah, uh, Lisa. Well, it was Lisa Bonet, who's mm-hmm. now married to Jason Momoa, who was previously married to Lenny Kravitz, who had a daughter named Zoe Kravitz, who's now going to be in the Batman with Robert Pattinson. And Ke- I, I don't know how I'm going to connect this to Kevin Bacon, but I'm sure I could. Um, <laughs> but Dwayne Wayne was in a different world, which was Lisa Bonet's show. It was all about her character from the Cosby show going to college, and it was her show, and she was only on the first season. She Mm -hmm. ends up leaving the show. Did she leave the show because of the Playboy stuff? Did did she get kicked off the show for being in Playboy? Was that what... Blade. That's probably true. I I know. I oh, Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby was so upset at her for fucking oh, being yeah. in Playboy. All the morals. You fucking yeah. And he was upset at Eddie Murphy for his fucking stand up too and all that shit. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> I used, Bill Cosby can eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth? But I I fuck. Oh, I love the different world. I thought that I show did too. Oh, yeah, it was great. I did too. I loved a different world. Um, it's a different world. That show, I fuck, I love that show. Can you watch that anywhere? Mm, that's a good question. I will look into that real quick. Oh my god! You know what? I've I've been watching a lot of Perfect Strangers lately. A lot of Perfect oh, Strangers. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. That's hilarious. That it's so, so good. It is so good. I'm in season two. Season one. Little known fact here, only had six episodes. Huh. No, it was a mid-season replacement, wasn't it? I believe you are correct, sir. Are you still watching Family Matters? I am still watching. I'm watching all of them. I'm watching Family Matters. Awesome. I'm watching Perfect Strangers, and I'm watching old episodes of Benson. Oh, I love that. You can That's watch so the great. first three seasons of Benson on the Roku channel. Nice. <laughs> and it is fan-fucking-tastic. Benson is so funny. Oh, my God. It is so funny. And so is Perfect Strangers. There is an episode of Perfect Strangers where uh, the guys go get gym memberships and they meet these women at the gym and they're going to go out on a date and they work out to impress these women. They work out for four hours straight. Oh God. And they, they fall asleep on the couch like an hour and a half or two hours before the date and they wake up and they are so sore that they can't move. <laughs> and so they're going to call the women to cancel the date, but the women show up and they are like, Barely, they can barely move. So when they walk, they're kind of like slowly shimmying to the door. It is, <laughs> it is so funny. Oh my, I laugh so hard. There was so much really great physical comedy mm-hmm. in that show. Mm-hmm. Like really, really clever writing, funny writing, and like really great use of physical comedy of, of those two actors. Yes. That just, they had such great chemistry. Um, Oh man, that's, it's such a good show. It's such a good show. It is a great show. Physical comedy. And then also it spun off another show that had amazing physical comedy because Larry, no, uh, cousin, uh, Larry Appleton eventually works at, uh, like a, I think like a newsroom, like he's a, a reporter, a writer, and he works in a building and the, and one of the people employed in this building that operates the elevator 
is none other than Harriet Winslow, who right. gets her own mm-hmm. show, Family Matters, which then introduces Urkel, who has also amazing physical comedy in Family Matters. Family Matters is a spinoff of Perfect Fucking Strangers. Yep, that's absolutely true. How funny, because that show, Family Matters, like, that really was supposed to just, that was really was supposed to focus on that family. It was her show. And- it was fucking it was the actor of harriet winslow it was her show and like yeah it was and yeah. then by the end of that show you barely saw her she would show up and have two lines in the whole episode and then you'd never see her again the rest was all urkel tripping over himself uh, setting the house on fire like yeah. it was it's cra- oh, it was God. nuts and then and then judy winslow just disappears one day and that's it you never see her i again. love family matters <laughs> is so good perfect strangers is also amazing they're all on hulu highly recommend but anyway all six seasons of a different world on amazon prime Oh, uh, it's a different world. Way I forgot about who, who was the like takeover <laughs> character once. Uh, yes, once Lisa left. Once she left, it was like it was. Uh, what was the Southern girl that? Oh my God, what was her yeah, name? Wh- Whitney. Yeah, Whitney. Oh, yeah, Whitney. Oh, oh, she was so funny. Yeah, she well, was a hilarious character. They they really fleshed out her character because in season one she was very she was a very like sort of one dimensional character. She was like this stereotypical Southern Belle, um, you know, I'm just here with daddy's money. Like that was her thing. And then they really gave her license to just they really expanded that character so much. But yeah, by the end, that show was really about her and Kadeem Hardison's relationship. Um, you know, they really became, I think, like the main focus of that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh god. So a uh, great fucking show. Different world. Uh Teenage Bounty Hunters. <laughs> also stars Mackenzie Aston. Did you guys did you guys recognize Mackenzie Aston? Was he the dad? He's the dad of the girls. Okay. He is That's Sean okay. Aston's younger half brother, and I first remember him as a child actor, and he appeared in later seasons of The Facts of Life. Get out of here. And and let me blow your fucking dick off with this. He was the lead in the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Oh my oh, geez. god! Oh my he's god! He's he had no career. He's <laughs> the uh, he's the son of um, Patty Duke and John Aston. John Aston being um, of the Adams family fame, Gomez, and then Patty Duke being of the Patty Duke show fame, where a hot dog makes her lose control. I, lo- I loved Patty Duke reruns, and you. Can, I think you can watch Patty Duke reruns on Roku Channel as well, which okay. I, yeah, which I, uh, I, I tweeted that I was either going to watch the Donna Reed show or the Patty Duke show, and I said just because hot dogs make her lose control, I was going to watch Patty Duke, and Sean Astin retweeted mm-hmm. me. Oh, that's so awesome! Sean Astin, awesome. the son of Patty Duke, Patty Duke. Passed away, I think, in 2016. I love Patty Duke. I thought she was just such a huge talent. And and uh, oh god, what was the what was the movie that she fucking played? Oh god, I can't believe I'm drawn. The Miracle Worker. No, she played. Um, ah, oh, fuck it. Somebody's gonna tell me. She played a dramatic role in a movie, and she played like a real historical figure in the movie. 
and I can't remember right now. And I sounds horrible. Uh, I'll look it up. We'll look it up on a break. Um, yeah. Teenage bounty hunters. Jake, what'd you think? How many episodes did you watch? I just watched the first episode of this. Um, yeah, this was okay. This surprised me more than anything else. How much I, I didn't hate it. Um, it's like a middle of the road taste it. I, I thought it was a lot more fun than I was expecting. I thought the two lead actresses were, were really good. Um, I loved the usage of the twin speak they have with each other and kind of how that played out. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was way more enjoyable than I thought it would be. I might watch a couple more episodes of this to see how it goes. It was just kind of a goofy, wacky premise, but I thought it was carried along pretty well just by the acting. Rebecca, you were right. It's the Miracle Worker where she played Hel- Helen Keller. Okay. I, I was just looking it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I haven't watched it in years, but she was fucking amazing in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was. I, I I haven't seen it like super recently, but I have seen that movie. It's it's a great film, and she did do a, a, a phenomenal job in that. What would you think about uh, slutty teenage bounty hunters? <laughs> You know, I'm I'm gonna be a hundred percent eat crow. I thought I would not like this show at all. As soon as I started watching it, I said, "Oh my god, this is that stupid slutty teenage bounty hunter show that Brian talked about like a like a long time ago." Um, I actually like this show more than I thought I would. I'm gonna give it a solid taste. It. Um, I thought I was not. I, I thought it was going to be exploitative. I really did. I, uh, it takes place like in the South and, you know, I'm expecting like all of these stupid like tropes or like, you know, like racist shit tropes. I think that the show makes fun of all that stuff, which I like. I like that they're making fun of it. Um, I like, I actually really like how, um, the one, t- <laughs> the one teen who's like the slutty teen, um, is, she hasn't actually had sex, <laughs> but she like, <laughs> but she considers herself slutty. Um, and then like the good teen or the one who's like the, you know, chaste, you know, vir- virginal one, um, you know, she's gone way further than her sister. I, I, I also like the use of the twin speak. Um, I kind of like how the show really just kind of jumps right into the premise right away um very quickly of like how they become sort of accidental bounty hunters um i i'm i will watch more of this show i i don't think like it was like the i i really expected not to like it i'm gonna be totally honest and i ended up actually enjoying the first how many episodes oh do you watch the first episode i only watched the first one so far um, but I will be watching more because I like it enough to to stick with it and 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 give it a few more few more episodes. I've watched the first two and like I I give it a high taste that I I like it quite a bit. I think it's fun. Um, I like the fact that uh, you've got these girls who are being raised in a very religious setting here. Families very religious. They're they go to church and, and they're, you know, basically they're taught that like, you know, um, you should only have sex when you're married and, and, uh, but you know, they have, you know, that's the thing. A lot of shows shy away from like teenagers having, um, sex or sexual feelings and stuff like that. Like you, you watch some of these shows and like, they kind of shy away from it. And like, truth is, uh, we're all, we're sexual beings. Once you hit puberty, you start fucking 
you know, yeah. We're, and so it does explore that and it does it in a comical way. Like you hear the girls talking about like their sexual experiences and, and like, I th- I don't know. I can't remember. I think it's like in the second episode, Jake, the one, the one that hasn't had sex that the one that they consider like the really experienced one, but she hasn't had sex yet. Like she's talking about yeah. like, you know, her boyfriend, like, getting a heart on and she's talking about how like she could feel his fucking pulse, his heartbeat through his dick as it's throbbing. <laughs> and Kadeem Hardison is like on a phone call about like a bounty that they're trying to get as she's talking to her sister about her boyfriend's throbbing cock. And it's really funny. You know, it's so I, I find the comedy in this pretty funny. Um, sometimes like the whole bounty hunter storyline takes a backseat to like the awkward sexual stuff that's kind of like approached in this show. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. I think I will watch a little bit more and see like if I can get into it more. Um, but I'll give it a, I'll give it a high taste it so far. I'm enjoying it quite a bit and it's 10 episodes and I think episode, each episode's around 45 minutes long or so. Yeah, it was it was quite fun. I expected it to be really, really dumb and found it to be actually quite smart. Yeah, I agree. It could have just easily been super cheesy. But, yeah, the way it's that they're, like, in this really, like, you know, religious school setting and the way their parents are and the way they kind of set up the bounty hunter stuff so quickly, it, they did a really good job with this show. And there's a tease at the end of the first mm-hmm. episode that the mom, yeah. the mom – their Christian mother is is one of the bounties. Yeah, what? I know, right? At some point, they at some point the only thing they do say about her is doesn't she have like six parking tickets or something like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's got to be like something else with her past that she's covering up. Yeah, it most definitely seems that way. What is there? Ten episodes of this? Ten episodes. Yeah. Yeah, this, this was this was fun. I could see myself watching a few of these a week. My only complaint is that it was not titled "Slutty Teenage <laughs> Bounty Hunters," and the only reason I'm saying that is to upset Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't even have watched it though. If you named it Honestly, I think I think it's kind of cheesy to name it "Slutty Teenage mm-hmm. Bounty Hunters." Like, I, I agree. Yeah, I think like. I think nothing that these girls are doing is slutty. I think like everything that they're doing in this is just like normal teenage stuff. Like we all kind of like go through those, you know, if you watch like the show Big Mouth or, or, or Pen 15, like all these shows, like it's just an awkward time in our life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has absolutely. nothing to do with being slutty. I think the slutty part of it, of this particular, you know, universe is that these girls go to a private school. It's it's a Christian school, and they know that like if word gets out that one of the girls has had sex, they're going to call her a slut. They're going to call her these things because it goes against these you know religious morals that she's being raised with. But it's not. It, it just I mean, that doesn't make her slutty. It's just they're. She'll be called that because she's being judged by the society around her. But, right. um, yeah, so I think dropping the slutty from this was a smart move. Um, the teenage bounty hunters is certainly, I think that's, that's campy enough for me personally. Like that, that's enough. <laughs> I'm not dropping the slutty from me. I, Jake, I was a slut. 
Jake, there were times in my life where I've been pretty damn slutty. I've done some slutty shit. <laughs> You're not dropping it from the title. Not, not, not from my title. <laughs> if you're looking at my life, definitely had some slutty moments in my, in my past, Jake. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. That's another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's a completely other. Do, do you guys have any separate good pop, bad pop that you wanted to talk about? I have one more thing, but I wanted to know if you guys had any, any separate good pop, bad pop stuff that you wanted to talk about. I have one. I have just one thing I want to talk about real quickly. All right, Rebecca, what, we'll go with you. So I watched a documentary on Netflix called Tread. Oh, we, um, we talked about this one a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay, cool. I will not just spend a ton of time on it. Um, I, um, so I was, I had remembered the original story that the documentary, um, is, is, uh, is, is based on or, or, or is talking about about Marvin Hemeyer who you know basically built a tank over his bulldozer and then and then went all through his town in Colorado in 2004. So I had seen some some YouTube videos about it and I had always remembered it and then so seeing this documentary I was super intrigued. Um, I I really liked the, I thought it was a very well done documentary. Um, I'm going to give it a, a high taste. I think if you're familiar with the story, it's certainly worth watching. Um, and so, so the, the original YouTube video I had seen was called Tales from the Bottle Killdozer, um, which is a, it, it's a pretty kind of funny. It was rendering. originally called Tales from the Bottle Slutty Killdozer, but they oh, changed. Yeah, they dropped the slutty. <laughs> they dropped the slutty. Wanna, <laughs> slutty you know, the bulldozer. The bulldozer was just living Colon, in the you know. Eco Challenge Fiji. Yeah, quit slut shaming the bulldozer. Slutty <laughs> <laughs> Killdozer. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm gonna give it a high taste. The only thing I, I would have liked more sort of background on Marvin. Like I would have liked to have known more about like, his time before the military, you know, before he came to Colorado. Um, I, I think that would have helped maybe give more context to his, uh, to him as a person. Certainly like the tapes that he made give a whole lot of like sort of insight into, you know, why he did what he did. Um, but I thought it was really a well-done documentary. I enjoyed it very much. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that I watched it and is a really, really wild story yeah um, i think it explores like something that a lot of things haven't explored about uh white men going crazy we just don't see enough of that i know right you know <laughs> i know yeah um yeah believe me i i know but i i thought like there was like zero attention really given to his his family life and and who knows maybe that had nothing to do with anything but um i think for me that's the only piece to this to this case that I would have liked to have known more about, but overall, I thought it was a really, really good documentary. Uh, it was fantastic. Did you watch I'll Be Gone in the Dark, Rebecca? Uh, did I? I don't think I did. Yeah, HBO, it's uh, Patton Oswalt's uh, uh, wife. No, I have not seen that one. Watch yet. it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fantastic. It's fantastic. Is that, is that based on, oh, this is based on the book that his... His first wife wrote. Yes. The Golden State. Okay. Watch okay. it. Watch it. It's fantastic. Okay, cool. I it's absolute will. Tupperware. Absolute oh, Tupperware. Thanks. Okay, great. 
Yeah, watch that one. Yeah, yeah Tread was good. I, I really enjoyed Tread. Yeah, I, I, and and the story is like, you know, I know why. If you read the synopsis, it sounds like a Liam Neeson action film. <laughs> it totally does. I I was enthralled. Like I just couldn't believe what I mean. Watching him just weld these sheets of iron together and then putting it over the bulldozer. I mean, and nobody, the police couldn't stop him. Nobody could stop him. And they're showing footage. They're showing footage of this bulldozing tank. It looks like something out of a fucking Mad Max movie. Like I'm getting, I'm getting ready to fucking see like Mel Gibson and fucking Tina Turner in this fucking documentary show up. It's fucking insane. He's just going through this town and just wrecking shit, just wrecking shit. No, I, that to me, I, honestly, if he hadn't have blown his, the, the, the coolant system in that, in that engine and he, he just would have kept going. He would have like, he just would have ran that thing till it ran out of gas. And nothing could stop it. all these like, all these like uh, machines were coming up and he was just pushing them out of the way. Like, I know. oh my God. It's insane. It was just, it was just so wild. And they and were shooting the it, life. and the bullets were just bouncing off of it like it was nothing. And I mean, and I, 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 just, I laughed when the sheriff calls in and he's like, you know, get the National Guard out here. And then, like, you hear him pause and it's like, uh, Sheriff, confirm you want the National Guard. And he was like, yeah, I want the National Guard. Like, it was just. It was just like, could you just please confirm that you want the the army to show up? Like, what do you think? The guy's got a fucking tank. Nothing can stop him. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's insane. It, it, tread, watch it. Netflix, mm. amazing. Jake, what did you have? Um, I watched Muppets Now, the new Disney Plus Muppets variety series. Um, this is a very low tasted for me. It's there's different segments with the Muppets. It's kind of bookended by them being on a zoom call slash variety show that scooters putting together all the muppets um, all the muppets are wearing masks <laughs> yes yes <laughs> you gotta be safe during the zoom calls <laughs> yeah. for sure. uh, gonzo's mask just... that has that that it has like a his his mask is insane his nose is insane and to find oh, a mask that's fit... wearing a mask that's just bad news it's yeah it looks like uh, it, it looks like slutty Brian popping a boner on his face. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> never thought that was a uh, <laughs> crossover we were going to get with this. And the fucked up thing is, he 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 wore a denim mask, so it looked like me. It looked like childhood Brian wearing jeans, popping a boner. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, my favorite version of the Muppets is definitely the classic Muppet show where that is also a variety show. It would feature a celebrity guest. Um, but I mean, that just felt so, so improv and so, so ad libbed. It was just so clever, all the different stuff they would do on that show. And, and this is not even half of that. This was mostly bad, mostly boring, felt very distant and overproduced. Um, the only thing that's a saving grace for this show that's going to keep me from just straight tossing it, I'm going to a very low taste it, is the Swedish Chef segments were very funny in the two episodes I watched. I would be willing to fast forward to that segment again in the third episode. They have him like having cooking challenges against different celebrities. Um, 
in the second episode, it's Danny Trejo actually cooking against the Swedish chef. And that whole thing is very, very funny. It's classic Swedish chef where someone is operating the hands while someone else is operating the mouth and neither of them know exactly what the other person is going to do. So you just get a lot of wacky physical comedy with that. But other than that, this is a, a giant toss it. I haven't heard anything good about it except for yeah. I have heard the sweet, like you said, the Swedish chef stuff is really good is what I've heard. I, I also watched the first two episodes of that, Jake, and um yeah, I had the same feeling. I love the Muppets. I love the classic Muppet show. I love the Muppet movies. Um but they, I just feel like they cannot get that Muppet show T V show format right. Um Yeah, I I, I agree with you hundred percent that the Swedish chef stuff is so funny. It's I mean it's that classic no one can understand him. He's just speaking gibberish Swedish. Ooh, chicky, chicky. Like, it's just, it's hilarious. That stuff is great, but, uh, I don't know. It just, it doesn't have the charm of the original Muppet show. Because that, that whole thing was always about how, like, the theater was so old and dingy and Kermit was always scrambling to get the show on and, and, it just it doesn't have that feel. It doesn't have it, and it's oh, it's sad because I I, I love the Muppets. That uh, yeah, the Muppet Show was also so influential as far as the music goes too. Like sure, the, the people they would get on were just giants in oh, the industry even at the time. Yeah, Elton now John was, yeah. was on the Muppet Show. I mean, they had they had they had like people that like kids probably wouldn't have known, like like uh, Beverly Sills, the opera singer, you know, coming on and like and, and it would turn into, of course, like this crazy rodeo of stuff that was happening, or like you know having John Cleese on, you know, huge huge names. Um, but it just it just wasn't. It just yeah, wasn't, no disrespect to uh, RuPaul or Danny Trejo, but like just the. <laughs> You know, the A-list celebrities with the Muppets was kind of half the charm, too. And they've never oh, been yeah. willing to uh, reach into the bank and make that happen again. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I mean, yeah. how hard would it be? I'm sure you could get, like, fucking Lady Gaga to do shit with the Muppets. Like, you could get relevant current pop musicians and rock singers. The uh, The Turtle Power documentary did talk about Jim Henson's involvement in that first movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, neat. Yeah, so definitely watch that Turtle Power. It's free. It's on Crackle. It's on Crackle. Um, I watched, uh, Random Acts of Violence. This is a, uh, a new movie, uh, that recently dropped on VOD. I'd, I'd say within the past two to three weeks, uh, Todd Walkley and his publisher Ezra made their careers crafting a comic book based on a real life serial killer called Slasher Man. On a press tour to announce the launch of their final issue, they visit the town where Slasher Man wreaked havoc 20 years earlier. Upon their arrival, a series of new murders unfold, murders that look eerily familiar to imagery in Todd Slasher Man's comics. Speculation and paranoia begin, uh, per- speculation and paranoia build regarding the identity of the mysterious killer. Uh, random acts of violence is a slasher Horror film, it's based on the 2010 comic of the same name by comic book writer Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray. The film is produced and directed by Jay Baruchel, who, uh, yeah, Jay Baruchel, the, from, uh, what, what was that, that comedy, um, uh, Seth Rogen directed, I think. It was like, uh, The End of the World. What was that called, Jake? 
Oh my god, it was so fucking good. Jay Baruchel, also the fucking voice actor from the uh the DreamWorks uh Dragons movies. Uh How You Train Your Dragon. Uh, yeah. I forget what the exact name of the the movie where it's like they all the apocalypse happened. Yeah. This is the end. This That's is the end. Called. This is the end. Thank you. Yeah, and Jay Baruchel, oh god, he was also in that fucking effects show that I loved. Oh, so, I can't think of anything Jay Baruchel's in. This fucking, <laughs> he was in a really fucking good FX show. Anyway, um, this is, I, I was super impressed by this movie. Oh my God. I, I, it was super gory and the way that they kind of blended in the imagery from the comic book that they show you, um, to like the real life murders and, and, um, I really enjoyed this one. It is super, it is super gory. So if you're not into like, um, gore and blood and stuff like that, you're not going to dig this one. But, um, I highly recommend this one. I'm going to give it a Tupperware. I loved random acts of violence. I really liked this one. I thought it was super creative and, um, I liked how they tied in the comic book. Highly recommend this one. Hopefully it'll end up like on like shutter or something. And everybody can get a chance to see this one. But uh, Tupperware. Is it it like VOD right now? Yeah, it's VOD right now. And, yeah, Random Acts of Violence. I highly, highly, highly recommend this one. Very good. Very good movie. Cool. So uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with the Pop Culture Leftovers news. Perfect. Making pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. All right, we're back. Yeah, I feel great now. Do you? You feel good, yeah. Jay? You feel good? You feel very good about very yourself? relieved. You feel good about this episode? You feel good about this episode? No, don't don't put words in my mouth. No, you feel you feeling good about this fucking uh, banner episode we're putting up this week, Jake? Big fan of this one, huh? <laughs> yes, I, I think. It yes, fuck- this is the one that we should have. It's too bad the awards didn't happen after this episode. I don't. I'm. I, I, it's our, this episode's garbage. No, it's not oh, trash. Yeah, yeah, it's not garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it's crap. <laughs> that was hilarious after that laugh. <laughs> it's, 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 this is not good. Um, I, 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 I don't know what people see in it. I don't know what people see in this shit anymore. I mean, we do the same shit every week. I mean, we have, we have different shows to say the same stuff about. And we're the leftovers. Oh, this is what I watched this week. Well, I liked it. Oh, I didn't like it. And then it's, and then we, then we move on. Some Marvel speculation. You heard about this Crow reboot coming out? <laughs> <laughs> Crow reboot. It's the same fucking shit. It's the same fucking show every week. And then we'll bring up, we'll bring up penises and butt plugs and. <laughs> 
<laughs> Butts and anuses. <laughs> we cover all the bases. Yeah, it's it's the same podcast. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. People listen to some ignorant shit every week. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. <laughs> yeah, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not selling everybody on the show. Ah, see. It's fuck news, dude. It is, uh, it's time for the pop culture leftovers. News. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's the leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. Jake, we're one step closer to Tron 3. Yeah, very exciting. What the fuck, man? I, I, did you think it was going to happen after the bomb that was, uh, and I'm not talking about, I, I love, I loved, I really love Tron Legacy. I, 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 no, I, I love it too. The, the, the special effects are very wonky, but I still love it. I love it. I love the fucking movie, but it did not do good in the box office, but we are one step closer. A decade later, we are one step closer to Tron three. It started, I think Jake and correct me if I'm wrong. It started, didn't it start with the tweet from Jared Leto? And he's talking about like in the tweet, it's been since been deleted, but he talked about how, you know, he's going to be in Tron three and how it's going to be called like Tron Aries is the title. And it's since been deleted. And now we're finding out that Deadline reported, I got this from IGN, Deadline reported the studio has tapped Lion director Garth Davis to helm Tron three with Jared Leto expected to star. Deadline notes Tron would mark Davis's first tentpole, and though he is not known for big budget projects, insiders say Davis aggressively pursued the job, eventually winning over execs. And they are quick to clarify, Deadline is quick to clarify that while Tron 3 is currently in development at Disney, it has not yet been given an official green light by the studio. So there's no guarantee the movie will actually see the light of day still 10 years after the release of Tron Legacy. A follow-up is looking more and more likely. That's awesome. I, I know I forget what the animated show was called, but it was quite good. And I think it did. It went a long way in kind of bringing back some goodwill to the uh, Tron name. I, I know it found a lot of new fans. And, yeah, I'm super excited. I never thought I'd see the day. I thought, if anything, we'd just get more animated stuff at most. I never thought we'd see another live-action Tron movie. Um, very exciting. Rebecca, what's your history with Tron? Uh, loved the first movie, the, the original Tron, of course. Um, Tron Legacy I only saw once, and I thought it was okay. Um but I love the idea of Tron. Like I, I, I love the original movie. I, I mean, the graphics you watch it today, I, I get it. But like the idea of what Tron was is so exciting and so interesting. I also never thought we'd see Tron three. I, I thought that franchise was dead. But um, I'm, I am excited for Tron three. Um, I, I, if it's Tron, I, I, I want more of it. So yeah, I'm excited for this. It's uh, the Lion director. I saw Lion. I know, like that's that's amazing. It's amazing, but it's weird. Like I never like, I don't know. Like this director, I, I enjoyed Lion, but like, you know, there's nothing in that movie that tells me like, okay, yeah, this is our Tron guy. Like if you <laughs> Tron, if, if you yeah, if you would tell me like. 
I don't know, another director that's been doing science fiction, like if they told me like Alex Garland was going to crack at this, take a crack at Tron or fucking like, uh, you know, Denis, Denis Villeneuve from fucking, you know, Blade Runner 2049. It was going to take a even crack. like a Noah Hawley, Noah Hawley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's, that's, I'd be like, okay, but this is the lion director, Garth Davis. So I think like, this is like, it makes me feel though, like with him aggressively, they said that he aggressively mm-hmm. pursued the job one over execs. It makes me think like this guy has an idea for this that they kind of like fell in love with. So we've got two things here. We've got a director that has a vision for Tron 3, and then we also have our star here. We've got Jared Leto. So we've got two things working in our favor. So, I mean, I think we are closer to getting a Tron 3 than we are without. Here's the thing, Jake. Is this going to be direct to Disney Plus, or is this going to get a theatrical release if it does happen? Uh, very hard to say. Very hard to say. I, I think they would rather it be a theatrical release. I don't think you get Jared Leto and you're doing, you know, direct to TV unless that's just what's going but on. What if, I, well, what if Mulan fucking sells subscriptions like a motherfucker? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mulan's going to change the game. Like it, we'll have to see what the post Mulan Disney new movie world is like. They may just start making bigger budget movies. To go straight to Disney Plus in the future. Yeah, this might not just be like, okay, we've got a fucking movie that was going to be released theatrically. We can't do it now, whether it because it's like Milan uh, because of COVID or whether it's just because it's a pile of fucking steaming dog shit, Artemis Fowl. It, you know what I mean? It might just be like, this is like the new thing that Disney is going to do. And I'm not saying Disney's going to do this with all movies. I, I don't see future MCU, MCU movies getting, you know, released direct to Disney Plus. I think it's enough that they're going to have, you know, uh, shows like Loki, uh, shows like, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision and Moon Knight and She-Hulk. I think those things are enough to, to get people uh, and possibly a Ms. Marvel show. Those are going to be enough for people to fucking, you know, get Disney Plus. But, um, I don't know. Jake, I don't know if Disney is going to take another gamble at a theatrical release for Tron 3 after what happened with Tron Legacy in the box office. Did not perform well. Yeah, that, that's a great point as well. And they, you can't blame marketing. Like, they really tried to fucking blow that shit up. I mean, they had all the toys, all the promotion. It was released in 3D. It was released in 3D as well. Yeah, Tron Legacy. Plastered yeah. all over the fucking place. Like, they put a lot of money into that. And yeah, it did not, just too much nostalgia, I think. I don't think families were going still. Uh, so I think you really have to do something different. Yeah. I think with Tron 3, you can't just, emulate the same thing again i think you really have to step up the going inside of a computer for this generation right i mean you gotta maybe some of the nostalgia but it can't be an exact fucking clone again i just don't think it's gonna work i don't know man there's some things that i expect from tron though i expect light cycles yeah i feel like you can get that with a with a radical overhaul of what it looks like though and still have to be the same concept and look really cool. Like, I don't know. I'm excited to see, like, if there's going to be any artistic change to the world at all. Maybe they'll so, cross well, it over with Wreck-It Ralph. 
Oh, Jesus. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite things about Tron Legacy, though, is the Daft Punk soundtrack, which yes, is yes. fucking incredible. So I hope that we can get them involved again. I hope that they're not sour on them because of what I, happened with uh, Yeah. I think even people that don't like that movie love that Daft Punk soundtrack. So I, but I wasn't, there, wasn't there some controversy between Daft Punk and that movie and – like, like, not controversy, but like, um, I don't know if like that relationship was a was a was a good one. Was oh it- yeah, I don't. I mean, they may. I could see them being the type of people that would have issues working with a corporation like Disney, just on a business level, I and mean, that's possible. I don't know though. I think they have a love for the genre and the series like i could see them overlooking that and still coming back for this i want this to happen i want tron through i love tron legacy i don't care what like overall what people thought i really enjoyed the movie yeah i really liked it too i think it when it came out honestly it was a tupperware for me i think it's downgraded to like a high taste it for me yeah it just hasn't aged well at all i was a little bit more forgiving of the um jeff daniels cgi character the first go around, but you watch it now, it's pretty cringy. It doesn't look great. Yeah, you're right. But, uh, uh we'll see what happens. Uh, news, more news from IGN. Did you see that Ryan Reynolds opened his own streaming service that only streams 2003's Foolproof? I did. It's a hilarious <laughs> story. Oh my god. Have you, uh, have you ever seen Foolproof? I've never seen it. I, I have not. I, I may subscribe. Ryan Reynolds has lost his own, launched his own streaming service with just one movie in its library as part of a marketing campaign for Mint Mobile. Reynolds, who bought an ownership stake in Mint Mobile last year, announced the launch of his spoof streaming service on Twitter a few days ago when he posted an ad for Mint Mobile, an all-new platform that offers 80 minutes of binge-tastic unoriginals to stream in 2003 DVD quality. Uh, <laughs> the platform is free for everyone to access at mintmobileplus.com. However, streaming options are extremely limited as the site only has one binge-worthy title in its catalog, Foolproof, Ryan Reynolds' 2003 movie, co-starring Kristen Booth. Have you guys gone to mintmobile.com and seen the – have you seen this site? I'm actually just there now. It's fucking hilarious. Total <laughs> – it looks exactly kind of like Disney Plus and like meets Netflix. It does. It, it, I, I saw I, when I saw it, it looked like Netflix because they're talking about like the you know like how Netflix has like the top ten most watched. Yeah. And for this, it's the top ten most watched. It's all foolproof, but with like different posters for each for each one. <laughs> So number one is foolproof and it has like a foolproof poster. Number two is also foolproof with a different foolproof poster. Oh my god. Yeah, like amazing. in every like style of poster imaginable too. Yes. It's pretty hilarious. Like if you go there on your cell phone, it, it loads up exactly like Disney Plus too. Like it even has it's mint mobile plus and the plus comes out like a star and does the like arch over the word mobile. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's it's Pretty fucking hilarious. Yeah, they have one poster that looks like a Mission Impossible poster, one that looks like a Christopher Nolan movie poster. I mean, one that looks like a comedy poster, one that looks like a, I don't know, like a rom-com poster. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> the categories are hilarious, too. Original originals, kind of originals. 
<laughs> yeah. So go to what is it? Mint Mobile. Mintmobileplus.com. Yeah, go there. Check it out. Pretty funny. You can watch. I've never fucking seen the movie. No, me neither. Me neither. Yeah. Uh, it's less than 90 minutes. I may check it out. 80 minutes. <laughs> 80 minutes. We should, uh, yeah. Rebecca, are you going to check out Foolproof on mintmobileplus.com? Uh, now I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's such a, I, what a funny, what, what a great way to promote, you know, the, this thing that he's invested in. And he's such a good sport making fun of like crap that he was in. <laughs> oh yeah. He has no problem doing that. I mean, it's just, he's never had a problem doing that. No, which is like just great. earlier this month, he, he came out with a, uh, a green lantern edit that was a 22nd 27 second version of the yeah, movie. I've seen it. It's, <laughs> it's hilarious. No, I do appreciate all the different movie posters on here though. Like it <laughs> to make it look like it's different stuff, but it's all. <laughs> I didn't have this in my news, but like Zach Efron's going to be in a three men and the baby, three men and a baby. Yeah. Reboot. Yes. I saw yeah. that. That's a Disney plus original too, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be in the, yeah. It's so funny because people are asking, is he going to play the baby? (laughs) That's the funniest question ever. I think that might. I wonder if he was going to play all three men. (laughs) That might be the only way that I watch the movie is if he's the baby. (laughs) The baby. I like Zac Efron to play the baby. Don't CGI anything. Have him be a grown man in a giant bassinet and no one acknowledge it. Wasn't that like, movie? That would just be it amazing. was, it was Ted Danson and wasn't it Magnum PI and Steve Gutenberg? Gutenberg were the original three men and a baby. Yeah. Yeah. There was the never ending legend, the urban legend of the person that died on the set. And yeah. Ghost in the window. Yeah. You know what that was? Do you know what that ghost in the, and it was behind like a, it was like a, a curtain. Tom Selleck, like cut out cardboard. It was a Ted Danson cut, cardboard cut out. Okay, and it was okay. folded in half and everybody was saying it was the, it was the ghost of a dead little boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember pausing the VHS tape to try to see it. See the ghost face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, Think that it was the ghost of little boy Zac Efron who was going to. Yes. This movie was pro- the first movie was so prophetic, prophetic that it was like basically. Pro- is it prophetic or pathetic? Because I I can't even rem- <laughs> I don't even remember seeing this movie. <laughs> Let's make this like an actual direct sequel with uh, Zac Efron as the baby. Let's get the three male leads back. No, and they're God. like, they're like basically like helicopter parents. Like this, this kid, they won't let him stop being a baby, even though he's like fucking nearing 40 years old, you know? He's like, oh my God. He's like, what, what's his name? Uh, oh, from fucking Arrested Development. Um, uh, um, Job. Not no, Job, not Job. But, um, That's Will Arnett's um, character. Yeah, fuck. I'm completely drawing a blank. Was it, what's his name? Tony Hale, his character? Yeah, it's Tony Hale's character. Buster, 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 Buster. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Except a little bit more resentment. I guess the Buster character that eventually happens, but it does happen. I, I yeah. want to jump right in with uh, Zach Efron's trying to escape these three. Yeah, we can have it directed by Eli Roth. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> be a horror movie. Let's move into Marvel news. Um, in Marvel quick news, we have rumors about this. I, I, I don't know about this. There's rumors about the title of MCU's Spider-Man three. This comes from Murphy, Murphy's multiverse. They say Spidey three allegedly titled Spider-Man homesick. Yeah, I, 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 I could see this possibly being true. I mean, it's it's one of those titles that people have already guessed at, but I kind of hate it. Okay, this is what the article says. In what's probably a case of something being too good to be true, it seems that everyone in the entertainment industry other than me already knows the title to the third installment of Marvel Studios and Sony's Spider-Man franchise. And the kicker is they're casually flaunting it and nobody's noticing if the internet and some rumblings on the ground are to be believed, we'll all be watching Spider-Man Homesick in theaters next December. This is not a confirmation on my part, but simply me sharing evidence that that's out there. Whether or not this is the official title or not remains to be seen. Take a look at what, take a look at what's out there already. Both Esquire and Maxim have for quite some time now listed Spider-Man Homesick on their websites respective upcoming superhero film pages. And then there was an update. And it says, according to a report from the direct Maxim magazine, one of the sites referring to the film as homesick based their decision on rumors and speculation, shining doubt on the legitimacy of the title. Oh, <laughs> as if we needed that. Right. I honestly, I don't know. Like Murphy's multiverse I don't know. Like, are they leaning more towards like we got this covered news than they are like anything else that's like credible? Yeah, th- this seems like this came straight from we got this covered dot com, right? Cosmic book news or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like it's just uh, I I hope that's not the title because that's a really stupid title. I don't I don't care for it personally. Yeah, I, they don't have, they don't quite have the taint yet, yet that those other sites have, you know, so it kind of, the article kind of spread like wildfire because I don't think they've been discredited enough yet as a, as a news site, but yeah, it, it kind of smells like bullshit. And I, I, yeah, I think it's bullshit. Like what, but Jake, there are screenshots of both Maxim and Esquire calling it homesick. Why would they do that? I don't know. I don't think either of those publications, like, it's not like Maxim's gonna lose any of their reader base by it not being the title. Who's you know? read I, Maxim in 20 years? Shit, I didn't even know it existed in any I didn't know it's, so. I, yeah. Like, Maxim, like, dude, I fucking read that shit, like, in my early 20s. I didn't even know yeah, it, was, it was. like, dude's Cosmo, basically. It was, yeah. I, like, you know, if I wanted to find out, like, you know, like what fucking, what axe body spray I should be using or, or <laughs> you know, like that's. They have the free samples too. The magazines would fucking reek of that garbage. Oh, ooh, look, Dana McKe- Danica McKellar from fucking the Wonder Years is posing sexy on the cover. I might as well <laughs> check out Maxim Magazine this month. And what should I, be, what axe body spray should I be spraying under my armpit? Like that's about all Maxim did. And like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it was, it was basically playboy without nude women in it. 
Yeah, that you didn't have to hide under your bed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm going to fucking go to fucking Maxim Magazine for my fucking Marvel news? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think they'll be okay even if this isn't the title. So there was, uh, there was a rumor that Shia LaBeouf was going to be playing – that he had meetings with people within Marvel Studios. And so then like some of the sites started to elaborate on this and say – uh, that he was going to be playing Iceman in the MCU. And I don't know where this rumor started for certain. I think it was we got this covered. Okay. But then a digital artist, Missouri, tweeted, been hearing rumors that Shia LaBeouf could be playing Iceman in a future MCU X-Men reboot. Could definitely be really cool. And then this artist did a mock-up of Shia LaBeouf as Iceman. And then the Daily Mail reported that he could be playing Mark Spector, Moon Knight. And then Boss Logic, digital artist Boss Logic, did this, like, basically threw out the fucking Mark Spector rumor, Moon Knight, and then the Iceman rumor. And then did this mock-up of uh, of Shia as as fucking Logan Wolverine, and I sent you guys the picture. You probably saw it before, but I th- number one, I want to get your thoughts on this. But number one, I think the rumor of Shia meeting up with anyone at Marvel is bullshit. I mean, I think the rumor it did originally come from we got this covered, and those guys will print anything and they'll just make shit up. They'll print anything. Jake, they printed us. Yeah, yeah, that's when you, that's when you officially lose all, all credibility. That, that is not a lie. There, we got this, there's a fucking article. We got this cover printed something that we fucking posted online. So something I got from Reddit and I posted it on Twitter and they fucking ran with it. And so, but, Here's my question to you guys. I think it's all bullshit, but it's got a lot of fucking traction this week. And I wanted to know what you guys thought. Would you like to see Shia LaBeouf in the MCU? And if the answer is yes, who would you like to see him as? And like, did any of these fucking digital artist mock-ups like make you want to see him as any of these characters? That's a loaded question, but just curious. Jake. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him in the MCU of those options. I think my favorite is definitely the Mark Spector, the Moon Knight character. Um, my least favorite is probably the Wolverine. The the boss logic thing didn't do much for me. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right to me. I mean, I'd be fine being proven wrong on that. But I think the Moon Knight thing would be could be really great. It really gives an actor with some chops something to do with that character. Oh, you know, I know this is such a bullshit answer from me. And I know he's already played a character in the Marvel Universe. But after watching James McAvoy in Split and also in Glass, like, I think he'd be the perfect fucking... But you're type... I think he'd be the perfect Yeah, Mark I feel like that's a little on the nose. It is, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I agree. It'd be good. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I think someone else needs to uh, yeah. 
kind of leave their mark on this character. I think there's a lot to leave your mark on with the character. What about what and about it, what about you know? There's not the recognizable factor that you get with Wolverine, you yeah. know, or you have to replace this other guy, and everyone's going to judge you for how well you do on that at first. Rebecca, what do you think? Shia LaBeouf in the Marvel Universe, like, where would you go? Yeah, no, that's a that is a loaded question. Um, so yeah, certainly I I did read those same rumors. Um, I I hope it. What I have seen people talking about, which I think is a valid point, is that if they're going to go with Iceman, and in the comics, Iceman is canonically gay. I think that they should cast an LGBTQ. Uh, actor to play that role personally i think that would be the smart move so i i I think it would also be the best move for representation so i don't not a fan of that um i will say that even though i think i if i had my druthers i would cast him as moon knight that boss logic (laughs) poster of him as wolverine is fucking badass looking and it almost makes me want to say cast him as Wolverine. I just don't know if I don't know if Shia can fill those shoes because it's going to be a comparison. It's going to always be a comparison of of whoever takes on that role versus Hugh Jackman. It, and you can separate it in your mind and you can say, well, I want to look at this as a separate thing. But it's going to happen. The same thing with the whole Joker stuff. You know, everyone, you know, said, oh, we're going to compare it to Heath Ledger, even though it's two separate Jokers with what Jared Leto did and and Heath Ledger and all that. People are going to make comparisons. So I, I don't know if Shia could do it. I don't know if he could stand up to the comparisons. I don't know how he'd do in a character like Wolverine. I think he's better suited to Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, good. Uh, yeah, he's he's suit, he's more suited for Moon Knight. I personally, here's here's my thoughts, and this is this is this is a dream. This is a dream. None of this is ever going to happen. None of this. Everything I'm going to say is bullshit. None of it's going to happen. But let's just say, here's my perfect scenario. Warner Brothers, they've got a new vision for Superman. They're done. Superman, like as far as as we know him as Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill's not coming back to play Superman. They're going to cast somebody else. They're going to they're going to wait a few years and recast Superman. Henry Cavill's just been on the fucking. He's been waiting. He's been waiting. They're done with him. He's done with them. Marvel cast him as Wolverine. We get Henry Cavill as Wolverine. Oh my God, that's what I want. I want Henry Cavill as Wolverine. And then we get fucking Shia LaBeouf as Cyclops. Scott Summers. Yeah. That'd be good. There's, there's a lot of meat to Cyclops too. If you like kind of give him the shades of gray that always make him best as a comic book character. Some people love that and some people hate it. Some people hate what they did in AVX. You know what I mean? Like I love it, Jake. Like I love the shades of gray with Cyclops. So, you know, I'll take it. I'll take some people want fucking Scott Summers to be kind of like, uh, you know, to the X-Men, what, you know, like Captain America is to the Avengers, you know, but I'll take it. The idea of him always trying to fill Professor X's shoes, but failing and coming off as more of like a fanatical cult leader Cyclops. I like that, too. And I think Shia. It's more interesting. I I agree. And I think Shia could pull that off. And as far as like physicality and somebody that's can, 
that could take over the role of Wolverine. I, I don't care. I don't want, I don't want fucking the, the Daniel Radcliffe and all that shit. I, I would love to see, I think, I think Henry Cavill would be fucking amazing as Wolverine. So that's just my personal opinion. Will it happen? No, it's just, it's just, you know, I'm just, just, I guess I'm just dream casting. This is my dream casting. So, you know, Henry Cavill as Wolverine, I think would be perfect. And I, I think people are too hung up on like, nobody's going to be able to fill the shoe, shoes of like Hugh Jackman. I think somebody can. I think there's somebody capable out there that could fill those shoes. I was like, at one time I was like, before he got cast as Venom, I wanted Tom Hardy to be Wolverine. Is that going to happen? No, not, not now, but God damn. Tom Hardy, I think would have been a fantastic yeah. Wolverine. He would have been a, he would have been the best Wolverine. Oh, I agree. I agree. Oh yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what fucking Shia LaBeouf in the in the in the MCU. Don't think it's gonna happen. I think this is. I think this is just we got this covered, stirring some shit up. No, a best case scenario. Hopefully, it maybe like opens up the road for a discussion to happen in the future. Yeah. Marvel can see the fan interest and excitement around this, and maybe maybe approach them and start talking. DC news, uh, real quick, quick DC news. Superman, Man of Tomorrow, it's it's going to hit VOD, I think, on August 23rd, but it's going to have its world premiere at DC Fandom on August 22nd during the 7.15 p.m. Eastern screening. All those watching at that time will be able to enjoy the animated movie in full for free. That's awesome. I can't wait wow. to see this. Be the be among the first fans to witness the world premiere screening of Superman Man of Tomorrow, the latest entry in the popular series of DC Universe movies. The description of the DC fandom official schedule reads, it's the dawn of a new age of heroes and Metropolis has just met its first. But as Daily Planet intern Clark Kent, working alongside reporter Lois Lane, secretly wields his alien powers of flight, super strength, and x-ray vision in the battle for good, there's even greater trouble on the horizon. Follow the budding hero as he engages in bloody battles with intergalactic bounty hunter Lobo and fights for his life to half to halt the attack of power-hungry alien Parasite. The world will learn about Superman, but first he must save the world. You can watch this for free August 22nd uh, at 7.15 p.m. Eastern. That, I think that's fucking awesome during DC Fandom 24-hour event. I think that's fucking incredible. Yeah, that, that's great for them to do that. And I mean, you know, all press is good press. It sounds like they really want to make an impact with this fandom. Um I expect some really crazy news and some new stuff to talk about once this event happens. I really think they don't want this to come off like with a big whimper at the end of it. Oh, we're, we, uh, James Gunn has said we're getting the first footage of the Suicide Squad during DC Fandom. I think DC Fandom is going to crush San Diego Comic Con this year. Uh, I, I I tend to agree, honestly. I mean, some of the best San Diego Comic Cons have been because of Warner Brothers and DC movies, so they definitely have the potential to just drop a lot of bombs here. Yeah, and, and that is super cool about the the free. You do have to watch it as a stream. I assume that's what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how this works. Like, it's going to be twenty four hours, and I don't know if it's just available for twenty four hours. If you'll be able to like 
after it's aired be able to watch it or if you have to watch it live and then it's after that it's like not available yeah i bet that's the case i wouldn't be surprised if they even had a q a with voice talent and writers and directors after kind of streaming the movie would be my guess as to how they handle this yeah yeah i'm god i don't know i think that that's a that's fucking awesome if you're not doing anything on that day to 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 watch that live i don't know gotta watch it on your is it gonna be on youtube yeah you could just get on youtube on your fucking roku and watch that shit Mm -hmm. oh yeah totally totally that's the plan hopefully hopefully uh there won't be too many people on and it won't lag and shit like that hopefully you'll just be able to watch it and enjoy it yeah, I'll be buying this one on VOD. I, I, it'll be the only one of these movies I don't have, so it'll be, I'll be hard pressed not to. Yeah. Oh man. That, that Deathstroke movie was pretty damn good. Yeah, I loved it. It came out of nowhere. Like I didn't realize we were getting that. Uh-huh. I had, once I saw we got it, I was like, eh, whatever. And I was kind of blown away. Oh man. Uh, if you haven't seen Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, watch it. It is fucking amazing. Did you see that Jim Lee did say that all the DC Universe originals are going to HBO Max? DC Universe is dead, people. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, yeah. oh, it's, yeah. it is dead. And we won't let you buy annual subscriptions anymore. Annual subscriptions cut are that off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we saw this. We saw this coming. So, uh, uh, I still need to get that uh, Constantine animated movie. That's the one I really want to watch right now. Oh, yeah. Um, you can watch some of that on CW Seed, which I've yeah, seen. Like I said, it's the same thing as Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. Where... Yeah. Yeah, I've watched like the first few episodes of that on CW Seed, and it's pretty good. Um, yeah, it looks really cool. This, ne- this, this news comes from Digital Spy, and I... I don't know what to think about this. I could, you could take this a couple different ways. Wonder Woman 1984 star Kristen Wiig teases her villain Cheetah will have quote different evolutions. So she's teasing that her character is going to have different evolutions. She, she will pr- portray villainous Cheetah in the film, which has had its release date pushed back to October 2nd. A teaser for the movie, which dropped earlier this month, saw Kristen sporting a number of looks amid her character's transformation from archaeologist and Diana's friend Barbara Ann Minerva into Cheetah. Speaking recently, Kristen hinted at her character's descent into villainy, explaining that she would have different evolutions. There are different evolutions in my character, she told in style. I will leave you with that. During the interview, Kristen also explained how she landed the role after meeting with director Patty Jenkins. She added, I'm a superhero nerd, so this is my dream. I've always wanted to have superpowers. My agent called and said, Patty Jenkins wants to talk to you. She won't say what it's about, but she's directing another Wonder Woman movie. It was all very secretive. I went out to London to test for it, which was one of the most nerve-wracking things of my life. After that, Patty and I met for a drink and really hit it off. I didn't hear anything for a while when I got home, so I flipped out when I got the part. I never thought I'd get the chance to be in one of those movies. I'm in my 40s, and I'm not known for being this type of actor. I would look around the set and think, I can't believe I'm in this. So when she's talking about different evolutions, is she talking about her character's look? I don't think that's what she's talking about. I think she's just talking about, like, what her character is at the beginning of the movie, who her character is, 
by the end of the movie. I agree. Different different mental states is what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Different evolutions and what kind of person slash animal she is. From everything that I've read and what really worries me about her portrayal as Cheetah in this movie is I feel at the end of the day we're not getting anything new with her character. I feel like we're just going to get a repeat of like what we got from like Jim Carrey's The Riddler slash Jamie Foxx's Electro. Yeah, it's a valid fear. I mean, the weakest part of the first Wonder Woman movie is the main villain and kind of that go down. Um, is she the main villain, though, or is it um, uh, what's his name? Um, from Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. I think he's the main villain here. I think she... I think she makes that wish and she gets these powers. Um, I think that she's, I, I agree that she's talking about her like evolution. I, I don't, uh, as a character th- from start to finish, I, I don't think she's like a good guy one day and the next day she wakes up and she's a villain. I think that it's a progression of her trying to be something that she's not and it ends up with her being a quote unquote villain. But I don't think she's the main villain to this story. I think it's really Pedro Pascal, who's the the real puppet master here behind the scenes, trying to, you know, pull, pull all the strings. Yeah, it just reminds me of, like, too many villains in a movie and, I don't know, just not... It's not fleshing out. I don't know. I, I, You know, from, like, all the spoilers that I've read about this movie, it does not sound like it's going to live up to... That first movie, in my opinion. So I'm really yeah, worried it'll, it'll about be hard pressed, but I'd love to be wrong. <sighs> Me too. Me too. Because I love Kristen Wiig. I love Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I love what Patty Jenkins did in that first movie. I'm really hoping that this movie can. And I love Pedro Pascal. Pedro I hope Pascal is great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, geez. Yeah. He's playing Max Lord. I mean, I'm, I'm really hoping, but like, if you read the spoilers, it just doesn't sound, but what's weird about this is like from people that have gone to like, you know, the test screenings, um, there were at least two different test screenings. Like some people in one test screening say that they really enjoyed it, but other people in like the latest test screening said that the movie's terrible. So I, I really don't know what to believe here. I really don't know what to believe here. It's just if you do read the spoilers that have been posted on Reddit and 4chan, um, it just doesn't sound like it's going to live up to that first movie, in my opinion. And uh, Patty Jenkins recently said that she's probably doing a third movie, and that's that's it for her, you know, directing mm-hmm. Wonder Woman films. So. Yeah, and I get that. You don't want to be stuck doing this thing forever. Like, you know, and three movies is kind of the, the trilogy is kind of the perfect, you know, bookend comic book thing to do. So, yeah, I don't blame her. Yeah. Ah, uh, Rebecca, I mean, I know you're a huge super fan of that first Wonder Woman movie and, um. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, mm-hmm. on everything that's going on here in the sequel? I mean, yeah, at this point, like, I'm just so desperate to see this movie because I just, you know, I want more Wonder Woman. Um, I mean, I don't know. The, some of the spoilers. I, I watched this YouTube video the other day of this guy who uh, was talking about the movie and, like, what he's extrapolated. Um, 
based on like the, probably the same like stuff that you've read on Reddit and stuff. Um, if the movie goes the way that he, this guy's saying it's going to go, um, I think the movie's going to end up being uh, pretty paint by numbers in a lot of ways. But I mean, it is a superhero film, so there are certain tropes and there are certain things that we do expect to see. I don't know. I. I want to see Kristen Wiig's performance as Cheetah. Like, I'm intrigued enough after all these months talking about it. I do want to see it. Um, I do want to see Pedro Pascal in this. I, I, I think at the end of the day, the, the sequel's not going to be as good as the first movie, but it's hard to capture that lightning in a bottle again, just like, that it happens to a lot of movies. The sequel's not as good as the first. I have a feeling that the sequel's not going to be as good as the first movie. Um, I'm still going to be there opening night though to watch it because it's my favorite character. Um, I just don't. I, I, I don't know if this movie will perform the way that I hope it will, or it will be as yeah. good as I as that first movie was to me. When those I, how much I love that. When one. those leaks came out and we read those leaks, Jake. Yeah. When I sent those, I sent the leaks to you, and then we got that fucking trailer, the second trailer. Everything in that trailer lined up with the leaks. The flashback, oh, not, not the, a single moment. Yes, the flashback of like young Wonder Woman competing in the in those games in Themyscira was in that leak, and we saw it in the trailer. Everything lined up. Everything lined up. So, yeah, I'll be interested. And I'm also, I've also got leaks, possible leaks for the Black Adam film. So I'm not going to go over them, but if you want to read the leaks for the Black Adam film, somebody, somebody apparently said that they've read the script. I, I, I don't know if this is true, but if you want to read the leak, uh, send me an email, Brian, B-R-I-A-N at popcultureleftovers.com. And just title, uh, title the email Black Adam and just let me know that you want to see, that you want to read the leaks from the Black Adam film and I'll, I'll send you what I got. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. Black Adam film, if this is the Black Adam film, sounds fucking amazing. It sounds no, really, it sounds, it, Wonder Woman too. It, it sounds so good. The Black Adam film sounds really fucking good. I'm not going to lie. Sounds really good. So if you want to know those leaks, just send me an email, brian at popcultureleftovers.com. I'll copy, paste them, send them to you. I just don't, I don't feel comfortable reading reading some of the stuff on the show. And I did the same thing with the Wonder Woman stuff. So, um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see what we get with Wonder Woman too. I hope Wonder Woman 1984 is fantastic. We're still, we're going to be in the eighties. So there's going to be a lot of fun eighties nostalgia. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, should, should be a good soundtrack. Do we know when this is coming out? Yeah, October, point. October. They've got an October, was it October, um, second release date planned for this one, I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was supposed to come out in, uh, late 2019. <laughs> was it, was it November 19, 2019? <laughs> well, it was. And then Patty Jenkins had preemptively pushed, asked to push that back. She said she needed more time to finish it. Yeah. And then the studio gave her more time, and then we got the fucking pandemic. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, oh my god, we can't fucking win with this because, yeah, I just, I just, I want to see Wonder Woman. <laughs> I just really want to see it. 
Did you guys hear Dark Horizons had an article? They talked about uh, Grant Morrison shared how he and actor Ezra Miller teamed up last year to write their own draft of the script for The Flash, mm-hmm. teasing their version of the story. Yeah. Did you guys hear about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talking with Collider, Morrison says their script was pretty good and would have been a great after a few drafts. However, the way studios work, things come and go. Many others have uh, have all written a version of the film. So their version isn't going ahead. He adds that their version was more like Back to the Future than a traditional superhero movie, and it wasn't a darker version as has been previously reported. Which, you know, when he's talking about like the their version being more like Back to the Future, that takes me back to the rumors that they were looking at Sam Raimi to direct the Flash movie at one time. Wow, just add another name to the long list. Wow. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's well, true. They were looking at Sam Raimi at one time. Go ahead. I, I, I had read that um I don't know how true this is, but I had read when when that was happening, when Grant Morrison and Ezra Miller were writing their own scripts, uh, the, I had read an article that Ezra Miller had threatened that if he if they didn't make his version, he was going to walk like he wasn't going to, you know, be it, it was like, if you don't make the movie I want to make, then I'm not going to play this character anymore. I mean, I guess that's not true. Uh, uh, I think it was too. more of like when when John Francis Daly was directing. Mm-hmm. Was it John Francis Daly and I think it's Evan Goldberg, like the guy. Yeah, the they dir- were some, yeah, they were attached to direct for for quite a while. He didn't want to do their version of the film, right? And that's I think that's when he started writing his own with Graham Morrison. Yeah, when they left, when they dropped off the project, I think Ezra Miller is kind of like more, I guess, comfortable doing like the new one that they're doing with Christina Hodson is mm. doing this movie with Andy Muschietti. She's writing it. She was the writer of Birds of Prey and mm-hmm. Andy Muschietti, the it director mm-hmm. is directing this one. He's I, still attached to direct, right? Yeah. Yeah. It hasn't changed. Since no, I no. Been on the flash movie. <laughs> no. Okay. No one's sure. <laughs> no, it, it, we're still hopefully getting this movie June 3rd of 2022. And we're still getting Ezra Miller. As the Flash, and then uh, Michael Keaton's, you know, gonna be in this one as as Batman. Um, but Grant Morrison said, "This is what he said about his version." He said, "I mean, elements of darkness were there, and the material that they wanted us to use was the Flashpoint stuff." So Ezra and I are actually trying to do something that was a bit more, like I say, it's kind of like just a great science fiction story. And if you don't know the comics, it would have made sense. But I have to say, I mean, I don't want to talk about that because somebody else has done their own work on it, and I'm sure it will be great. And maybe, as I say, this will leak out one day and people can judge. So he's basically saying it's not going to be as dark. It was not going to be as dark as people thought. And if you think Grant Morrison, Jake, you're thinking it's going to be dark, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I I know he's capable of doing more Family friendly fair. Sure. Sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll see what we get. I don't know. We'll see what we get with, uh, with, I, I happen to like Christina Hodson quite a bit. I think, wasn't she the one who did the, she wrote the Bumblebee movie as well. She also wrote the Bumblebee movie. And I love, I love Bumblebee. I think she's attached to write the Batgirl movie. Unless if that's changed, but I believe she's supposed to write she that She was attached to Batgirl if that's still going to happen. 
Joss Whedon is now off the project, but she is, as far as I know, she was the last writer on, on Batgirl. Yeah, I had read that they had, they had given her that even before Birds of Prey had premiered. Yeah. They were like so confident in her ability. So that's, that's pretty cool. I, I like Christina Hudson. Bumblebee was a basic. I don't care what you say, Jake. Bumblebee was a basic. I love Bumblebee <laughs> too. And it was a great movie. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Bumblebee beautiful. Bumblebee beautiful. James Wan is teasing Aquaman 2. This news comes from Dark Horizons. This is the, this is all I got. This is the, this is the final story of the episode. Unless you guys, in Star Wars news, did you want to talk about the Lego holiday celebration? Special or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Not really. Okay. I love the name, but it, uh, it doesn't involve a whole thing about life, Jay, and people speaking in Wookie that no one uh, understands. I don't want to know. About if it. we don't get Lego B. Arthur, I was getting ready to bring up Lego B. Arthur too. <laughs> oh if God, we do please. not get Lego B. Arthur, fuck I'm you. Tables. We don't get any Lego B. Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> I think, dude, have you ever, if you go back and watch it, do you, do you think that, I, I love Carrie Fisher, but I think that she was on cocaine. Oh, 100%. Yeah, think? Cocaine. <laughs> 100% she was she on like cocaine. wrote a book but... about it. Yeah. I, but in the, did she talk about it in the holiday special? Uh, no, no. I think she was 100% on cocaine. During the holiday special. Uh, yeah, she was. I, I'm just going to say, yes, she was. <laughs> she sang. She, dude, she fucking sang a song. And the song was to the fucking Star Wars theme. <laughs> so she basically made the Star Wars theme canon within the holiday special. Oh, my God. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, man. <laughs> fucking. She was definitely using the. How do you think she had the strength to kill Jabba the Hutt in Return of the Jedi? <laughs> Oh my god, you're so fucking right. The powers of cocaine. (laughs) Fucking yeah, saved all those people. James Wan. Teasing Aquaman 2. Like I said, this news comes from Dark Horizons. Uh, DC Fandom event takes place next weekend, but as a tease, the company's official Twitter account has shared an 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 excerpt of James Wan answering fan questions. That will be a part of the Aquaman panel. In this case, the fan asked whether he plans to bring any horror touches to the sequel. The genre Juan is best known for with films like The Conjuring and Saw. Juan says yes. Only one sequence really involved that in the first film. And the follow up will dig a little deeper into Atlantis darkest depths. Quote, I would say yes. Just like the first movie had a touch of my horror sensibility in it. In regards to the trench sequence, I, I'll say there will be a little bit of that in this next one. I think it's something that's a big part of who I am and it just naturally comes out in those kinds of films. And especially a movie like Aquaman, you know, where the story takes place in these underwater worlds that can be very scary. So naturally my love for the horror genre just means that I, that I latch myself to these scenes and try to give them a little bit more of my scary sauce. <laughs> scary sauce? <laughs> scary sauce. That's, that sounds pervy. That sounds terrible. <laughs> that could be the McDonald's tie-in. That sounds like, uh, 
scary stuff. Scary stuff. Now, yeah. it, it sounds like it, 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 it. We talked about Bill sounds Cosby like earlier. <laughs> yeah, Slutty Brian again. Slutty Brian. Oh, dude. Dude, I gave out my fair share of slutty, <laughs> slutty scary scars. Back in the day. <laughs> Say that three times fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seashore Sally and the yeah, slutty Brian sauce. Brian's slutty scary sauce. Yeah. That's like the new, new tongue twister. Mm. I did. <laughs> speaking of my slutty times, I did use my tongue sometimes during those slutty times. <laughs> I did. And I did call that move the tongue twister, Jake. <laughs> very clever. Very, very clever, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Anyway, I, what, 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 yeah, how do you segue from that? Huh? I don't know. I, I sound like such a creeper this episode. <laughs> it was all consensual, everybody. That's a, I, you gotta say that these days. It was all consensual. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. You, were, you were slutty. You were, people were asking you. People were asking me. And that wasn't the last story. I got one more thing. Ah, oh, fuck that last thing. I will probably never see Aquaman 2. Have you seen Aquaman? I can't. I've tried to watch it like half a dozen times, and I, I think the furthest I got was 20 minutes before I just I just couldn't do it anymore. Oh, it's, I, I don't know what it is about that movie, but it bores the ever-loving shit out of me. Oh, it's fun. It's fun enough. I gave it a taste. What would you think about it, Rebecca? Yeah, I, I, I gave it a taste, too. I thought it was a solid movie. Um, you know, you saw character progression. That was... I mean, the bar for Aquaman for me was so low. I was just like, just don't suck and have some character progression. Like, that's really all I wanted from the film. And I got that. Uh, the soundtrack is atrocious, though. Um, so oh, it's, yeah. It's I've heard that's terrible. Oh, I mean, Pitbull Africa cover. That's like the least of the problems of that soundtrack. Oh, no. It's, and that's an abomination. Uh, that whole soundtrack is shit. But the movie is, is, is fine. It's a fun movie. And um, I've actually watched it again a couple times. So, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not the dumpster fire I thought it would be. And that, I think that's pretty high praise. I want them to do. Not Aquaman. <laughs> I, what I want, uh, what I want the Aquaman movies to do is I want them to cross over with another kind of like ocean based series. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And I want to see Mira fucking slap around Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yeah, how do you, why do you think he lost that eye? I just, I just want to <laughs> If you don't know what I'm getting at, I'm talking about Amber Heard's abusive relationship with her ex-husband, Johnny Depp. <laughs> Not a thing I thought I'd be cracking up about today, but... What Greg Alenti sent me like an article did, did, about uh, her like posting about him pooping in bed. Yeah, what's that all about? What's that all? You know what I'm she talking alleged, about, Rebecca? Yeah, I read the article. Um, she alleged that they came. I think they came to arrest him for something, or she wanted him to leave. And before leaving, he like literally shit in the bed. Like, cause he was an, like angry at her and he shit in the bed. He, oh, okay. Like out of like anger to her? Yeah. Like it was, it was like, oh, okay. You want me arrested? You want me to leave? Okay, fine. But before I do this and then he shit in the bed. And like, there's a picture of the poop in the bed. 
I don't know if there's a picture of the poop in the bag, but... <laughs> Are you sure that's not a metaphor for Pirates 4? No, although that he is shot a the bed. movie. Uh, no, I think... I think it's more of a metaphor for Black Mass. Oh, you didn't like Black Mass? No, Black Mask is like poop. It's a Black oh. Mass in the bed. There's a joke, you didn't Jake. like that Black Mass. Yeah, it should be yeah. called Brown Mass. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> or just, or just call it brown mess. How about that, Jake? I like it. I like it. Yeah, the logical progression. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I hate this episode. Oh come on! Yeah, I mean, it's better than Aquaman. <laughs> this is no. This is this is the this is the black massive podcast. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> the brown massive podcast. The brown massive podcast. Oh man, I want. Oh god, are you guys excited for Bill and Ted face the music? Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Rebecca, I'm very excited. I'm very excited for Bill and Ted three. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can't. I'm so. I think it's so great that both the actors are coming back to do this. And yeah, I mean the second Bill and Ted movie, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I love that. I mean, I adore that first movie, of course, but, um, ever since, you know, they even hinted at Bill and Ted three, I was like, yes, make it happen. And, you know, Keanu is such a cool dude to come back and do it. Um, yeah, I'm super excited for it. Oh my God. Um, I forgot what I was going to (laughs) say. <laughs> yeah, it feels surreal that it's actually coming out. Right. It's, it's one of those things that we've talked about for so long and they've had that screenplay for so long that to think that we're actually going to be seeing it in just a few weeks, it's hard Isn't to it believe. dropping the same week as fucking The New Mutants is supposed to hit theaters? Mm-hmm. August 28th, I believe. Yeah. Fuck. Jake, what are we going to do that week? Are we going to review both movies? I think we should. Oh my God. Are you think? Do you really think New Mutants is coming out on August twenty eighth? I do. Yeah, because uh, theaters. Hold on, theaters are opening. They're not opening here on like theaters. AMC is opening on August twentieth in selected and select cities. Okay. It's not opening here on the twentieth, but it's going to open. Theaters are going to start opening here on the twenty seventh, and all of them are going to be open by September third, mm-hmm. which is the Tenet release date. Okay. And, but they're only opening to 30% capacity. Right. And if you have an AMC A list and you want to activate it, there is on the app, you tap, there's like a, just, I guess there's just a button that says activate A list and you can activate it early. Otherwise, if you don't cancel it, in December, all of the A-lists are going to reactivate on their own. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, good yeah. shout out. Make sure you don't get charged that twenty mm-hmm. bucks. Out yeah. Of if you yeah. if you're not if you're not ready to go back to the theaters. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. We're supposed to get theaters reopening here in New York August twentieth. Yeah. I, I've gotten emails from both AMC and Regal like talking about you know what their steps they're doing mm-hmm. and they're limiting capacity and and all that so yeah we're supposed to get that here in new york uh on the 20th their clorox bleach fucking product placement <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah so i mean yeah i guess if it comes out on the 28th we'll go see new mutants 
I mean, if ever if people feel comfortable to do it, like to go see New Mutants in the theater. Can't believe it's going to happen finally. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fucking New Mutants. Um, I God, I going back to the theater to watch movies. It just it's it seems too soon though. This all seems too soon. I know. You know, I gotta, I gotta say, the other night, I, you know, we, they opened up outdoor dining here in New York City, and um, no indoor dining yet. Uh, but I had not gone to a restaurant since. I mean, I haven't been to a restaurant since March. Um, even when they opened up the outdoor dining, I, I felt like, is it the right time to go? And you know, the servers are all like wearing gloves and masks and shields. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, is it, I feel like an asshole sitting here. These four people are serving me and I'm here eating dinner. Like it was a weird, I was in a weird headspace about it, but like I finally went back and I, I went to a restaurant the other night with a friend of mine and we, we ate and it felt like surprisingly good. Like it felt almost like, Oh wow, this is a normal thing that I remember doing. So like, there's part of me that feels like maybe it's too soon to go back to the theater, but then there's another part of me that feels like, oh my gosh, the chance to go back into a movie theater and watch a movie and kind of feel like a little bit how we all felt, you know, six months ago. It's so tempting. It's, it's, it's so tempting to yeah. go and do it. But it's like, it's like two hours, <laughs> two hours. I get it. No, yeah. I totally get it. I mean, I, I'm saying this now, but like when it comes time to pull the sugar, I could totally be like, mm, nope, like, and not go. Like, but I feel like this, that there is a big part of me that just wants to just, I'm craving this. I just want to go sit in a movie theater and, and watch a film and just, and have that back again. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's what's fucked up is like I'm honestly I'll go. I'm gonna go. I'll probably go and see the new mutants. I'll probably go and see fucking Bill and Ted and I'll definitely go and see Tenet, but like um I do I think that we're ready to start going back to movies? No, I don't. But me being who I am and loving movies, I'll I'll fucking go see them. Do I think that they should hold out and wait? Yes, I do. But well, I'll, I'll fucking go out and see him. So. Yeah, it's hard to say no when you've been waiting for a lot of these big releases for so long. I know. Like that, that's the thing is like, I think everybody's just craving this to do something that just feels like how we used to do stuff. And of course it won't be exactly the same because it'll be far less people and it'll be a whole different cleaning system and all that business. Like, I, I mean, I got an email from my, from, from, from the, from the, the Regal theater saying that like, they're severely limiting the menu. Like, they're not going to be offering like, you know, hamburgers and pizza like they used to. They're just going to be like strict, like straight up popcorn and soda. Well, most, and that's it. Most theaters, you have to like pre-order the food and have it waiting for you if you are going to order food. Oh, yeah. I know, okay. like, that's how the drive-ins were doing it. Like, there was a mm. separate app to order the food, and you'd have yeah. to order it before you get there. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, that just makes sense. I mean, it's kind of like curbside pickup. You know, you just order it ahead and grab it and go. But, yeah. yeah. I, I hear you. I don't, I don't disagree with what you're saying in the sense of, you know, is it too soon to go back? It might be, but... There is a big part of me that is just craving that experience to be to, to sit in a movie theater and watch a movie, 
like I a new movie, you know, and just I'm I'm and I'm sure there's a lot of people who are feeling that way. They're just really want that experience back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's like I want to go and not feel like I have to worry, though. I know. No, I totally understand what you're saying. I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword like that. Like, I get you. Like, I completely agree that it's probably too soon, but it's like they're going to dangle that carrot in front of my face. It's going to be really hard-pressed to say no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hear that. We're done. I'm done. I'm, <laughs> so, I am so done with this fucking show this week. I'm so fucking done. <laughs> Yeah, I feel you. Becca, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. Yeah, I know. It has been a while. Nice to be on with you guys. It's been refreshing not having you on for so long. Oh, there it is. I knew it. (laughs) You know, I felt like uh, not having you on was like, it was like, uh, it was like, I felt like Nell Carter. Give me a break. I had a break from you. Oh, good. I'm so glad you felt that way. <laughs> oh, my God. No, that fucking, that give me a break brought us so many different fucking people in that show. Oh, yeah. First appearances from Joey Lawrence. I remember, yeah. First appearances of Rosie O'Donnell. And give me a break. Oh, that do you? Show. Oh, I like that show. Oh, I she loved She was probably really young then. She was super young. Yeah, Rosie O'Donnell. And give me a break. Give me a break. And then there's that funny, there's that funny scene. She was like the house cleaner for that cop. And there's that mm-hmm. funny scene and she's using the fucking, the, the vacuum cleaner. And it's got the hose extension and she accidentally puts it the, in the, in the fish aquarium. It starts sucking up all the water in the fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm done. I am fucking done. I've had it. We're coming back next week. We're coming. What do we got next week, Jake? What is next week? It's two weeks until the movies, huh? Yeah, two weeks until the movies. The Bill got, and Ted's and the mutants of it all. I got some stuff for next week. What do we got here? Episode three forty six. What are we going to be talking about? Oh, uh, the Ethan Hawke Tesla movie comes out. Love Lovecraft Country on HBO. Uh, mm. There's been a lot of buzz about that. Yeah, that looks interesting. Animated show on Netflix Hoops. Uh, Netflix has got a show called The Sleepover, The Great Pretender. Oh, DC Fandom is happening. Mm -hmm. Oh, that'll be exciting. I'm I'm definitely excited for that um, Ethan Hawke, Nikola Tesla movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to be really interesting. The one and only Ivan. The Disney Plus movie with, uh, uh, with that ape and, uh, and, uh, Brian Cranston. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a match made in heaven. I've, I, I, I've always thought that too, Jake. I was like, man, if we could get a movie with a talking ape and Brian Cranston, um, bingo, green light. Yeah, it was, you know, it's kind of like, uh, kind of like one of those bucket list movies, one of those dreams that I've had. You know what I mean? Yeah, that feels more surreal than Bill and Ted Three. It does. That we're finally getting this. Finally getting the 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 ape movie with Brian Cranston that I've always wanted. Wait, hold the phone. It talks too. It's a talking fucking ape, dude. Jesus. I know. You can't shut the fucking thing up. 
This is next. <laughs> this, this is next week. Yeah, Jake. It's Jake. next week. Fuck, man. August twenty first. This fucking talking, talking ape Brian. So Cranston. we're gonna do a podcast about this Brian Cranston talking ape movie and DC fandom. DC, fa- dude. DC fandom. In the same podcast. DC fan. You know what? We might have Gorilla Grodd news and this talking two fucking talking apes, Jake. Gorilla Grodd. It's fucking talking Brian Cranston monkey. It's fucking insane. We're gonna have to record a three parter next week. I don't know. Bonus episode. <laughs> Bonus episode. <laughs> Just when you thought the Rebecca jokes were over with, Jake is That's how you can't blame that one on me. That's a Jake joke. Bonus episode. That's funny. That was funny, Jake. I like that joke. That was a good one. I just feel like I got rape episode by that joke. Oh, God. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait, fucking Soprano season four there. Uh, we'll see you next week. Just like all good leftovers say on the doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. See you next week. See ya. Later, y'all. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. Uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and really shaft the crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the poor kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, clean erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture push over, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture, leftovers. Uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that sings.
leftovers.